Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's Sunday session is brought to you thanks to the fine folks at More Beer. Visit them right now at morebeer.com. I poured in my mouth and it just wasn't going down. My first beer was an IPA, the best IPA I've ever drank, mostly because I brewed it. If you have a scale that is good for measuring cocaine, you're probably good for measuring hops on cocaine. You're scaring me. <laughs> I think the information is awesome and the audio sucks. Make some sugary water, throw some yeast in there. And you're going to drink good beer. Yeah, it's, it's going to be good. It's fine. From the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Everybody, welcome to the session. I'm still your host, Justin Crosley. One more time, at least. And one more time. <laughs> what happened? What happened to the doomsday? You got the the Christian guy who thought the world was going to end the other day was wrong. Another you were one. wrong about your prophecy. Your prophesized uh, uh, disembowelment and recovery. Doom and gloom. Did right. you forget? Did you forget you were forty yet? I have not. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah, you're weekend now, almost. Yeah. I am, and it's, and weakening. It's uh, been a long week. It's been a, a bender of a week. So uh, I'm feeling fortier than I am. Oh no, double forty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my birthday was like a four day marathon, and then uh, Kate's birthday. Uh, oh right. So went I to heard a little about that. <clears throat> went to Reno with Bevo and Sam for that. Oh, and, boy. Uh, yeah, Sam and I are a bad combination. Mm-hmm. At, uh, at 10 in the morning, bad. Oh, my God, they're the yeah. worst. <laughs> they're so the bad for bad. each other. Yeah. yeah, we really don't. We just, we make a lot of really poor decisions together. And we what just, it, even as we're making them, we just look decisions. at each other. <laughs> we're like, you want to do this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> for Kate's birthday, yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, guy just stayed up all night for too many nights. Yeah, mm. I called Kate, you know, wish her happy birthday, and that was like noon, and she's like yawning. Yeah. And then said so that you came at like 10 in the morning. Yeah, we went to about 10 or 11, in the, and, you know, the following morning, 
Like we knew all of the pit bosses and the dealers by then. (laughs) They were just making fun of us. Uh, (laughs) We were drunk and stupid. Uh, So, uh, yeah, no, I still feel old. Forgot my glasses today, so I'm like struggling reading over here, which is making me feel even older. Awesome. Yeah. Nice. So you gotta have your accoutrement, dude. What's that? You're all your shit and all your. Ta- you have need like a tackle box full See, of all. He's the- already forgetting shit. He's yeah. Old. Uh, you yeah. forgot your basic French. I mean, a- as you get older, you have a collection of support vehicles to, to you know, for lack of a better term. I know. You're like a, a rider in like the Tour de France. You have a support vehicle. <laughs> follow me at all times. <laughs> yeah, you need that. Doc hasn't glasses. gotten you a, a matching glasses necklace. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that no. He wears. a beaded chain. Yeah, beaded gla- I like the little yeah. like fake gold one. Yeah, good. Get yeah, real you guys gold. could be twins. No, but I think well, you are at the point where maybe you should buy the three pack from Costco. No, no, and, that's like, what I was just going to say. There and- I oh, now is. have the like the Costco pack because for this reason, but it, yeah. it doesn't matter. Well, the dollar store has a bunch of them too. And just, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, you don't care if you sit on them or throw them away or right. whatever. It's like, hey, yeah. It's the reading glasses are stupid because if you just wear glasses all the time, you, you just wear your fucking glasses. You, just wear yeah. glasses. you don't have to carry them. You don't. You know. I'm not saying you never lose your glasses, but in general, yeah. you, you leave the house, you already have your glasses on your face. Exactly right. With the reading, it, you only need it. At when those times, and so it's, right. they're never on, just, and it's on and off all day, on yeah. and off and off and on. It's retarded. You should get bifocals, but half. Yeah. Normal ass glasses, and the other half of your reading glasses. And you can look really I, old then. Yeah. I've tried those. I tried the ones that don't have the lines, so uh-huh. like they, they don't look like. They're the, called transition. They don't yeah, work that well. well. You, you got to get used to them. Otherwise, you're banging your forehanded and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's not up. what you want to be banging. No. Yeah, yeah, no. But you just you you. You misjudge. You look down. You don't see things. As, you know, as boom. Right? Yeah. And I get. I'll get dizzy. Like if I keep them on, mm-hmm. you know, I stand up from the computer or something. I feel like five I feel like beardy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That might be your high blood pressure. I'm not even old yet. I guess it could be. It could be Just imagine me in ten years. Oh man. I can't imagine you alive in ten years. <laughs> what do they say about your eyeballs, beardy? Like, are you going to like need d- a dog? Is your degeneration uh, is it like everybody yeah. else's, <laughs> like or will midget. you your degeneration? Yeah. It's pretty much just like everybody else because what's degenerating for you are your lenses, I'm assuming. Yeah. And so <laughs> that's um, then the muscles in your eyeballs. Yeah. Okay. And so my lenses are fine. They're they're not the part that's fucked up. I see. So that will just behave like normal. This car is um, very shiny. But right. I am more susceptible to cataracts. I see. Uh, they than, can fix than the average person. Yeah. At least that's fixable, right? Right. So yeah. Do they make? A, I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> Change your cataracts. No. Aren't those those boats? Those old fishing ones? boats? Yeah. You should try monovision. Oh, those are catamarans. What's that? It's one eye? You wear one contact lens. Oh, that sounds and then, difficult. And then your brain <laughs> learns to... Um, Read from that eye? Yeah. Basically, yeah. Like, that eye would would accommodate your reading, and then your other eye would accommodate for your distance. That sounds like a like a biohack. Like, like we're living... Yeah. Like, we're, yeah. we're over here living in 2017, and you're over there living in, like, 2239. I feel like that. Yeah. I, know, I know people that got LASIK done that way, and Tasty they regret did. it. Tasty did. Oh, oh yeah, I wouldn't say do really? LASIK. Yeah. Yeah. He did what? He, the he got LASIK the one eye the one, and one oh. eye not? Yeah. Just I for reading. Dumb, but, hey. yeah, seems... but Tasty's hella old and doesn't wear glasses. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's but does true. he read much? Nobody sees all the young right. kids. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he reads his Facebook page. Does yeah. he see them or he, does he just feel he, them? He knows enough to recognize yeah, his name that. and that's it. <laughs> yeah. If it's worth if it's worth continuing to read, it doesn't start oh. with a T and end with a Y, he's not going to do it. Oh, right. that blob is me. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, hey, thanks to our sponsor, More Beer. You can go to morebeer.com and check out all of the wonderful things that they have. they got a really good website and a lot of awesome products. And, of course, you know, they've been our, our longest-running sponsor, and we just love them. Go over to morebeer.com. Uh, you can write in the comments field at checkout. Let them know that uh, you, know, you heard about them here on the BN, and that goes a long way. And we keep getting checks, maybe, because of it. So that's nice. <laughs> uh, on today's program, we're talking about cider. We've got Gowan's Heirloom Ciders on the show with us, a California cidery. Uh, been around since 1876, this place. Nice. Uh, so well over 10 years. At minimum. Yeah. We can say that for sure. We can say that for sure. Yeah. I think Jesus drank there. Yeah. I've, I've read that. Yeah. I read that in the Bible. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and on the eighth day, <laughs> Jesus. Jesus went to yes. Gowan's hard side. Yes, stop or it. <laughs> was that before or after you got reading glasses? <laughs> <laughs> it was before. Yeah. That, the reading glasses don't help with the Bible. That's really fine print. It is oh. really fine print. <laughs> yeah, you got to read between the lines. Yeah, that one's on purpose too. That, that's like the, the that's the origination of like fucking the fine print. Yeah, the, the, you know, to get one by you. Like, oh, and by the way, you're going to burn in hell. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. Tiny print. Everything, look, here, bottom line, here's the book. Well, I can't read. I know, but just here's the book. Bottom line is do whatever I say. Okay, Father. <laughs> you should have wrote the foreword. If, if, hey, I, if I was in town that day, I would have I would have done it. I was it probably still wouldn't be published, just like uh, the other books <laughs> yeah. you've written forwards for. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it may not actually be a real book. I mean, John just maybe fucking mildled my ass. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, or the new John? Uh, the, well, the, the new John, but the old Luke. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Right. He, he mizled you. <laughs> Yeah, it's been on the shelves for... Th- I have eight copies. <laughs> no, it just was never published. He wasn't even writing a fucking book. He just wanted to fuck with me. He just felt like you need something to do. Yeah, yeah him and Andre Kutcher trying to video games. He wrote it. It's me. a bestseller. Uh, Beardy actually got chosen for the forward, I think, is what happened. Wait, uh, what? Yeah. To the oh. Bible? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the law Bible. That's the disappointing. Law. King Warren Bible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll be talking cider today. Uh, we got Sharon Gowan on with us, and uh, we'll learn all about Gowan ciders. Um, it's not, I'm, I'm glad we have a cider show because I'm, I'm a little beard out right now. Yeah, so it'll yeah. be a nice switch. Cider's a great a great choice, man. It is. Uh, anytime. I love cider, but uh, especially when you're beard out, but you still want to hate yourself in the morning, yeah. cider's there for you. Cider's the way to go. Cider is your like, friend. I'll do cider and wine because I don't drink liquor. Right. Um, very much. Although I did yesterday, and that was and a bad. Probably in, in Reno. What? Uh, probably in Reno too. With Sam? No. Did I drink liquor in Reno? No. I think I stuck to beer there. Uh, yeah, That's why I you didn't get drunk like enough. Vodka yesterday, and uh, why? You know, I was beard out. Okay. And so I did like a <laughs> vodka soda cranberry oh, thing. Oh, okay. Like a Cosmo or whatever. And I was What's feeling good, so I was like ordering doubles. And you know what's been happening to me lately? Ramping up. I can hold my liquor. Well, past tense. I could hold my liquor really well my whole life. And and I can see it coming, right? So then I just dial back when I'm starting. I'm not saying I don't get hammered, but I'm I'm like fall down drunk. Right. Man, in the last couple weeks, it just hits me like that. 
Ooh. And then I'm fa- I was fall down drunk. Really? It yes. sneaks I, up I, They on were you. carrying me down the street. Wow. So you pulled a Schumann, essentially. Yeah. Wow. Well, but that, and that's I don't your know, double is vodka that, Am I drinking more than I used to, or it, to am I up. not processing alcohol as well as I used to? Trying to keep up with the youngins. I think you're drinking wow. faster. Like, my problem with wine, uh, certain red wines, like a lighter red wine, yeah. like a rosé, for example, yeah. I will fucking drink that like it's water. I see. And then halfway through the bottle... My head will start to hurt. I'm oh, like, okay. oh shit, what the fuck? I had no idea. So it might be half a bottle. That's like breakfast. Yeah. Well, you know, hey, whatever. What are you, you going to do? Pour it on the cornflake. But like, you know, or like a good tiki drink. Yeah. I will suck that shit down in five minutes. Right. And that's yeah. a lot of booze. Mm-hmm. I've seen you do that. Yeah. Especially I suck, I suck like on a, it. A decorative glass. You got. You got to. Well, you got to get to the bottom to get another one to see what other glasses they have. <laughs> yeah. But it, yeah. so maybe it's something like that where if you don't taste the booze, I'm drinking like, fast. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think like with beer, you, you, I don't know. You're aware of. I mean, it's going to sound dumb, but you're aware that there's alcohol in it, right? And it's filling enough that you you know. Yeah. But with a well-made cocktail, yeah. you're not really tasting. That. I think you're right. And you're figuring you're going to die pretty soon because you're old and you might as well just chest. I'm just, just uh, yeah. Power it down. yeah. You're just the guy starting it. Yeah, you're the guy who's out in the back behind the train pushing the train forward. Let's go! <laughs> Get this over with. You're drinking the well-made vodka sodas. Yeah. Well, the other night it was Cranberry. beer, though. Oh, uh, fucking warm. That one snuck up on me. And, and I'm telling you, it just... So I went to the Giants game and it was my actual birthday. So I And I kind of drank all day. Uh, went to the game, drank. And, mm. and I was fine. I was I was intoxicated, but I was fine. And I'm telling you, it's like the snap of a finger. Game's over. Walk to the car. Doing fine. The second I get to... I wasn't driving, He pushed the, the ignition. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like right when I turned the key. Yeah, I hit the bridge. Uh, and- Kate the Great, great was driving. Uh, man, I sat down in the car, hammered. Like falling over in the car, dude. What is that? Because I've experienced this as well, coming out for some clubs where you're you're doing fine, and maybe it's the adrenaline of where you were, and you're walking, and you're doing that. But once you you're stationary, yeah, and like it all, like your cells just go, all right, let them in, <laughs> right? And then, and then that's I, I. It's a weird phenomenon. I know what you're talking about, and it's fucking weird. It's weird. Did you remember so. the drive home? Yes, Parts. most of it. The okay. bridge, the right. pretty bridge, mm. and then uh, they just put me in the back seat, and I like fell over. Okay, um, nice. I mean, I was yeah. I and since then, but what? Any more incidences? Well, the one yesterday. So it was on my birthday, mm-hmm. and then God, and there was another time a couple weeks ago, and then yesterday. What were you doing yesterday? Just day drinking. Yeah, went to this weird festival called the Folsom Street Fair, which is like uh-huh. a like a sex fest, basically. Right. You know what's weird about that? Besides everything, <laughs> fucking yes. getting recognized from the Brewing Network. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm at some I'm at some freak fest. I got a leash on, and uh, <laughs> you know, and some guy he goes, "Hey, are you Justin?" <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Love the show, man. <laughs> Thanks. Could you put your dick away, please? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, this is the show. My dick is called the show. Yeah, and I love it. Yeah, this is why you should buy clothes that aren't all branded. Right, I wasn't branded at all. Well, um, well, not with the brilliant network. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I got branded later. Yeah, 
Thank God. Uh, yeah, so it was day drinking, yeah, okay. for that, and right. uh, I was doing fine. But then, yeah, went into a bar to get uh, out of the crowds, had a couple double vodkas. Why the doubles, though? If you can't, if you don't think you can handle your liquor, <laughs> yeah. and then you're, you you can't you can't like really handle your liquor, you go from zero to a thousand real fast. Why the doubles? Why not the well, single? And you never know when the waitress is coming back. That and well, a casino. first of all, I didn't really put it all together till today. Okay, that it's been right. happening to me uh, <laughs> like more than once. Okay, so when I ordered yesterday, I wasn't thinking that that was going to happen. All right, okay. I was just thirsty. So you mm. needed more more data points. No, to I, draw I, hypothesis. I, from? I wasn't even thinking about it. You're right. I okay. just it had happened okay. a couple times. I just kind of put it out of my mind. You know, like wow, that was weird. And right. then, but now that there was a trifecta. Um, I just started thinking about it today. And okay. just thought it was strange. So, have huh. you tried a triple instead of a double? Uh, Maybe if we get three no. times as much, you get over, I've done yeah. those. over a saturation yeah. point, and you I'm come back exactly right. right. You circle back to zero. Right. That's a good wow, Warren. Science. Let's go to Vinny's right now. <laughs> Let's test this fucking theory. Yeah. That's the second time I've heard Vinny's in the last fifteen minutes. Yeah, I was there. Today, last night. Yeah, after the fact. (laughs) (laughs) So I got I got super hammered uh, and then sobered up enough Mm. and started again. Is basically what I did. Okay, Uh, it's never. I have very little sympathy for you. Oh no, I'm not looking for it. It's okay. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't go in there alone because that's not right. No, I didn't. I didn't go. That's not right. No. Although it was pretty lonely in there. <laughs> Everyone's of, a lonely Not a lot there. of people at the dive bar on a Sunday night at 11 o'clock. <laughs> You'd think um, there would be. But there wasn't. No, it was, it was quiet. Oh, well. One of our ex-employees was in there, and she's a wackadoo. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Uh, not be an employee. Uh, Serving doubles. Uh, oh, that was no good. All right. Let's get through some announcements other than my health or lack thereof. Okay. Uh, don't forget, we got a, a whole... Barrage of events happening at our new Hop Grenade Fort Collins right around the uh, Great American Beer Festival. We're starting up uh, next week. Uh, Wait. Yeah, next week. That's right. Um, On Tuesday of next week, uh, we're doing a GABF All-Stars event at Fort Collins where it's going to be all medal-winning breweries, not just from Colorado, but from all over. So you can come out to the Hop Grenade. And uh, myself and Tasty will be on hand for that event. You can come meet us. Then on Wednesday, the Rare Barrel, uh, which you don't get out there in Colorado uh, very often, maybe uh, once in a blue moon. Uh, They're doing a big event with us. We're going to do a live sour hour. I believe that starts at 5 o'clock. You can check the BN website for specifics. Uh, But Moscow and Jay from uh, the Rare Barrel will be there doing a live show. And then uh, both Jay and Alex, the owners, will will be on hand and serving Rare Barrel beer on tap in Fort Collins. Um, Beardy, you're not coming until like GABF, right? So you'll be there the following week? Yeah, so I'll be be going right into Denver on Wednesday, but then headed up to Fort Collins on Sunday. On Sunday. After GABF. Okay, great. Uh, Because on Monday, I believe that's the 9th, uh, we're doing the session live from Fort Collins. Um, I think you're you're staying here, right, Doc? Did I hear that, or are you going out there? I forget what you were saying. I thought it was a new—I got mistaken with the week. But the, the next, dates. next Monday, okay. I can't do it then. I'll be here. Okay. So um, Beardy and I will be holding yeah. down the fort on the session, and we're going to be interviewing Joyride uh, Brewing Company out of Colorado. So a lot of things happening out there. would love to see you guys. Uh, so so come check us out. Um, let's see what else. Oh, Tasty's got an event tomorrow night. 
or is it tonight? Let me check his text. Tasty's on a tour with the 2-1-A for the Tasty Beer. Um, They got him going all over the place. I guess they've been having a great time with both Sean and Nico. Uh, Tasty and Sean did an event, I think, last night in Chicago. Um, But tomorrow night it is at the uh, Global Tap Room in Edwards, Illinois. You can go meet Tasty, try the beer. Um, It's a damn good beer, too. So doing the Midwest tour. Yeah, he is. Um, and then after his Midwest tour, he'll be at the GABF in, it, in Fort Collins with us. So check that out. And then here uh, this Friday, the 29th at the Hop Grenade in Concord, uh, we've got the Doe's Pro-Am event. So all of your Doe's Club members, Doc, who have done Pro-Am beers, and we got those beers on tap. So you can come meet your local homebrew club or just hang out with your... What time does that start? Probably five, I think. It's on, uh, you can go to thehopgrenade.com and check it out on our events page there. Yeah, I might blow into town for that one. There you go. Uh, yeah, that's always a good time. So, a lot of different events happening, and uh, I can't wait till they're done. It'll be great. <laughs> Um, All right. Hey, you can uh, do your Amazon shopping. Great place to shop. Just hit the Amazon link on our homepage and do all your shopping like you normally do. Great way to support the BN and uh, and get good stuff from from Amazon. You can do that in the U.S. and the U.K. When you go over to our Amazon page, you can click on the U.K. link if you're over there or the U.S. link if you're here. We tried it with you Canadians, but it didn't work out. Yeah. Yeah. The interface was way too nice. Yeah. I'm actually not sure if it's working out with the U.K. either. i got to check that one. Mm. Well, those guys are dicks. But you yeah. Americans. Americans. We got it down. Yeah. Yeah. You know? This whole com- this whole um, commercialization, this yeah. little capitalism thing, we love it. Yeah. We're all about it. We consume very well. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you for that support, everybody. You can You're also welcome. support us by subscribing and joining the BN Army. It gives you a chance to win $100 in the More Beer monthly donation giveaway. Uh, we draw a name to one of our BN Army members every month and send you a gift certificate for 100 bucks that you can spend uh, on anything you want at More Beer. So sign up for that. You can do it as little as 2 bucks a month, and uh, you know that's, that's how we... Stay afloat over here. So check that out. Um, all right. And then, you know, get all kinds of updates and other things. I don't know, humorous memes. Is that what everyone does now? Uh, people do memes, yes. Millennium. But um, I don't think we do memes. We don't do memes? No. Are we too old for memes? We're I don't know. I, I do like the memes. fucking shit out of memes, Should, but I don't do. know if the Brain Network does memes. I see. Yeah. We should probably start doing memes. I hear that's the thing. <laughs> I, I send a bunch to Kim, but she They're just youngins. She oh. just flips me off and tells me to like lose this contact number, and uh, the Maybe old judge says don't text me, and all this kind of stuff. She's a millennial. Maybe she finds them not funny uh, to millennials and is, is protecting us from your jokes. Oh, no, they're hilarious. Oh. They're hilarious. Do we hashtag? Yeah. They hashtag on the internet, Should, don't they? Y- why don't you pick one now? I'll pick one now. To show us. Okay. Hashtag. Um, and we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> pick a hashtag I'll, I'll hashtag it right now. Uh, well, now we'll the connection see. failed. You can sign yeah, up on Twitter, go. Facebook, and Instagram and get all sorts of updates. Oh, also, when you join the BN Army, you get our newsletter, which goes out every month. It's... Uh, it's written in a semi-proficient manner. <laughs> Again, we don't really do proficiency. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, send feedback over to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. You can send your show ideas over there, too, if you want, or send them to Bevo at thebrewingnetwork.com. Okay, here's right. a meme. Here's a meme. Okay. okay. It's I, verbal. Oh, and I can read it, too. Yeah. Uh, it's a verbal meme. See, I think you've already failed. No. Uh, memes are supposed to have photos. Yeah, that was like a no, picture. Not Pictures. always. No, the meme has evolved, boys. Oh. Stick with me. I'll show you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm into BDSM. Being a disappointment to so many people. <laughs> yes! <laughs> the funniest part was your reaction. That wasn't funny at all. It's, so. it's, it's, it's like ironic. It, it's like uh, postmodern ironic. So, Sam sent uh, me a meme. So Kim Shimkey's doing a good job. Yeah. Here's another one. <laughs> Sam sent me a meme of a lady wearing a shopping cart as a dress, and it said maybe she's born with it. Maybe, maybe it's, it's methamphetamines. methamphetamines. Yeah, that was funny. Uh, I don't even want to read that. That is not good either. Oh, my God. Are you serious right now? That is not good. Wow. I don't think it's good. So so memes are just shitty jokes? Yeah, but there's a certain level of, like, irony to some of them that make them funnier than they would be normally. To to the layman... People in this room, including the other room adjacent to this room, um, don't understand. But, uh, you know, yeah, I'm into BDS because it was it was it's a play on a meme where like it would say the word and then you make uh, you make other words from the initials. Right. Like it was pretending it was an act because it's an acronym and you're defining the acronym. But if you misspell the acronym and your definition, then it's you're funny. So I have to see a lot Mm. of other memes. Warren, I'm going to throw this. Anyway, if you have to explain it that much. Too. Yeah. That's, that's a sign it's not funny. No, it's... it's and your it's, explanation made it less funny. Stop it. <laughs> I'm not explaining the definition. I'm explaining the genre of the meme to I you. See. So now yeah. that you get it, you can hopefully put it in context. Yeah. No, I, I got it, I think. Okay. Explain <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it one more time. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to find another one because... Uh, <laughs> I got to keep moving, yeah. though. All right. Yeah. Um, you know what is funny and fun? Our Twitter game. Oh. Yeah, the Twitter game, which I'm sure JP has for us, uh, is Cute brought to you again. by the American Homebrewers Association. I you do. can go to homebrewersassociation.org. Um, you can also sign up and become an AHA member through our website. Just click the AHA link on our homepage there. That's a great way to support us, plus you get a good membership. Um, and uh, <clears throat> the membership is great. You get Zymergy Magazine. Uh, of course, there's the Homebrewers Conference you have access to. The new Brew Guru app tells you all of the member deals that you get, which you can get all your money back just in savings of member deals. Like, for example, at the Hop Grenade, I think we give 10% off uh, all bottles and draft. So go check them out. Homebrewersassociation.org. JP must have just found another one. I'm laughing at my own jokes. <laughs> no, not really my jokes, but they're my collection of jokes. All right, what's our Twitter game today? Um, our Twitter game today, uh, Justin, is, I, w- I don't know if you guys are all aware, but recently someone paid a cool $6,700 for a pair of Adolf Hitler's bloomers, underwears, boxer shorts. Wow. $6,700. And I don't know Didn't if they were clean. Syphilis? Who was holding uh, on to them? Yeah. That's a rumor. Yeah. Who was no, holding no, on no, to them? No, 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 but he was very flatulent. <laughs> I don't know. What a strange... I mean, I know it's already strange. I know that people, like, collect, you know, that kind of memorabilia. Mm-hmm. That's strange enough when you add... Underwear into it from <laughs> from Hitler. Yeah. Well, I mean, Hitler's his, little wiener was a t- was touching the cloth. Yeah. yeah. Did his mom sew his name into it? How do we know that? Good question. They're Hitler's underwear. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Um. I don't know. All right. But anyways, so in fifty years. Okay. Mm-hmm. How much in barter 
will a pair of Doc's European cut briefs go for? Ooh. Oh. It has to be in barter, not just dollar amount, because, you know, Doc is in a little barter, John. So, so we're, we're wondering what will be bartered. What we bought, how much in like a trade, in a, in a barter situation. Yeah. Specific um, color? What sh- I can make it a specific color if you want. Do you think you have a, a color that is <laughs> worth more? One? Well, what are you talking about? You wear Euro-style whitey tighties. Is there like no, a no, different no, oh, shade no. of I, white? Oh, yeah. I got Black Friday. Okay. I got, I got white ones on on Sunday. Yellow Thursdays? <laughs> yeah. The Black don't Fridays are yellow. still white. <laughs> don't buy yellow. It's yellow every day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, brown bottomed. <laughs> <laughs> By default, I guess. Yeah. All right. What would you barter for a pair of Doc's underwear in 50 years? Yeah. What will it be worth? Great. Uh, how about some feedback? Let's do it. Please. Feedback's brought to you today by uh, author extraordinaire <laughs> John over at the Beer Law Center. Go check it out, beerlawcenter.com. He protects our trademark. Can do the same for you. Can also help you with your brewery filings, your paperwork filing, especially there in North Carolina. And he's just an all-around good guy. He gets it. Check him out at beerlawcenter.com. All right. Let's see if I can read. <laughs> a giant dildo in the feedback this this week. Which is strange. <laughs> you could this, see. this first one is interesting. It's really long. Um, I try to get through it. It's titled "Golden Showers." I'll have you know. Um, interesting. So, Do you want me to read it for you? No. Are you sure? Uh, I, I, I got. I can. Right. In the Google Docs, you can make it. Have you seen the Google Docs? You can increase the <laughs> yes, Grandpa. The, the text size. <laughs> The uh, robot has it. Yeah. By default. Uh, he says, hello, Burning Network crew. In lieu of a few members of the crew recently returning from Burning, Burning Man. Is that proper in lieu of? Or, I think that's Instead wrong. Instead of or in case you made it or. Because, that, yeah, that's not how he's using it. Anyhow, I'm not glad. here to give you an Glad English. you made it back. Uh, in lieu of a few members of the crew recently returning from Burning Man, I wanted to share the story of a project my friends and I did for a regional burn this past year. Uh, regional burn is they do like mini Burning Mans across the country, across the world, actually. Um, that Burning boys. Like hardcore, uh, yeah, hardcore burners get into. Uh, the project was made possible in part by all the knowledge uh, that you guys share and also by your sponsor, Adam and Eve. Um so he goes, uh, yeah, every year me and my friends attend a regional burn. Uh, they bring beer, and people like it. Uh, they do say that many of the recipes that uh, were, uh, they've brewed are inspired by Brewing Wood Style, Jamil's book, of course. Um, and he's learned uh, a bunch in the past. Well, one of the recipes that he brewed was uh, a Belgian Golden Strong inspired by Jamil's recipe. And uh, they raise funds for the cost of the beer by having people donate money and then be able to name a beer after them. The Golden Strong ended up being named Al's Golden shower. (laughs) So he says the next obvious step was to figure out how to serve beer uh, directly out of a a dildo, as a matter of fact. Um, It shouldn't be hard. Logically. So he did that, and uh, it was a big hit, he says. Um, They also got it from Adam and Eve at 50% off. Uh, They got the largest one they could find uh, because they wanted beer to pour out of it. So they figured they needed to drill down the center of it <laughs> <laughs> to make a urethra right essentially right which and you're playing support, god at that point but um which they did and uh it was one of the the whole experience was one of the highlights of the burn for many participants I uh, bet. <laughs> so, oh, many. 
And with that, he wants to thank us for what we do. <laughs> uh, you guys want to see photos? That's yeah, please. That's it there. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, and they drilled down the center of it, so it's just a large red, uh, you know, dildo, and it's got a <laughs> got some balls with a um, with a hose coming out the the center. It's it's kind of more than a tap handle. It's it looks like it's more a, than tap. a tap. Handle. It's actually a tap. Uh, yeah, is what it is. So that the beer comes out of the prosthesis. I'm kind of surprised that that's the biggest they had. Right. Well, I would expect bigger. Well, well I, I think the widest maybe. Oh, uh, okay. yeah, that's what I imagine. Mm. Um, Size doesn't matter, Beardy. Width. It's all about width. Yeah. <laughs> it needs a lot of girth. <laughs> yeah. He did say that in the comments of the product on Adam and Eve that uh, somebody commented that uh, my wife opened the, the package from Adam and Eve and saw it. She didn't even take it out of its own package. I'm not putting this in my package. <laughs> it's happening. Uh, all right. Hey, thanks for writing in. Uh, I'm glad to hear from a, a fellow burner. Uh, Josh in Bellingham, Washington writes in. This is about the Cloudburst show. Uh, hello, gentlemen, uh, Bevo and Kim. Uh, just wanted to say I seriously enjoyed the Cloudburst show, and kudos to Justin for asking specifics about how they went about funding the brewery. Uh, Cloudburst recently did a collaboration with my personal favorite local brewery, Chuckanut, uh, which we also love. Yep, nice. That was called Nutburst IPA. <laughs> rather unfortunate name, uh, but probably a good beer. Uh, he said it's an amazing beer and put them on my radar. Uh, I recently re-listened, uh, oh, sorry, re-enlisted as a lowly corporal in the BN Army and just want to thank you guys for several years of great interviews and entertainment. Love the session, Dr. Homebrew, Brew Strong, and especially that other show. Um, looking forward to trying some tasty IP. All right, thanks, Josh, and um, cool stuff. Let's see. Paul from Queensland, Australia, wrote into us. Hello, Paul. Queensland. He says, Queensland. Uh, G'day, JP, Beardy, and newcomer Justin C. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to say the last couple months of the session have been some of the best. Uh, but also, buying Brewer's publica- uh, publications books in Australia is a little shit. Uh, managed to get John Palmer's newest version of How to Brew on the recommendation uh, for the Brewing Network after a shitload of communication with the Aussie distributor. Now I'm hearing about the Session Beer book from the Brewers Association. That's right. They do have a great book out, in fact. Uh, yeah, Session yeah. Beer is yeah. written by Jennifer Talley. That's right. Uh, which is available now. Um, so he's trying to get his hands on that um, um, anyway. Uh, something about I want to attribute my purchase to you guys. So if I buy it, how do I give feedback to say I heard about it from the TBM? I see. Uh, you know, I don't know the answer to that. I would imagine that maybe there's a comments section. Usually. Or- but he's not buying it straight from the Brewers Association. So there's there might be a general email over at the, at the Brewers Association. Yeah. I do have an email contact I could give you. I just don't want to give it out over the air without asking the dude first. It's our rep over there. Um, so I can find out about that. But just go to the BrewersAssociation.org. Um, I think there's no the. It's probably just BrewersAssociation.org. Um, and there's got to be a contact page. And it would be great if you could send over. Um, they're big supporters of us, too. Every time a book comes out, um, they let us know about it, let us uh, help them promote it. So that would be cool to do. Wish I had a better answer for you, but just go to the email over there. 
Um, all right, and this one's uh, an about about an award. Hey, BN crew, uh, this is just another this awards for you email from a listener who felt he should send some gratitude your way after his first significant homebrew competition achievement. Was recently surprised by winning best of show at the Santa Cruz County Fair nice. for my cumulus stratus. Cirrus and Nimbus, a quadruple northeastern style extra cloudy IPA. <laughs> wow. He says, just kidding. The first culture I ever brewed received top honors, and I just wanted to say thank you uh, for being such an invaluable source. Uh, I think we're going to try Beardy's Colch nice. today. Way to go. Um, yes. So It did not win a best in show in anything. <laughs> right. Except so. in our hearts. Well, not yet. No. All right. Well, thank you uh, for writing that yeah. in, Jason. Congratulations. And, yeah, congrats. Sounds like you made a great beer. And that, my friends, is your feedback for today. Uh, thank you to the Beer Law Center for supporting that. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We've got Gowan's Heirloom Cider on the program with us next. We're going to try some other wonderful cider. I think we got about four different ones. Um, and they've been around for a long time, so I think we're going to learn a lot. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Are you a member of the White Labs Customer Club? If not, you should be. It's the easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either vials or pure pitch. All you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast, an exclusive White Labs t-shirt or sweatshirt, and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself, Chris White. Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you awesome White Lab swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com slash customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can, featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. Brewing Great Beer is a process of continuous learning, and the best books on every aspect of brewing can be found at Brewers Publications, with more than 50 awesome titles like Modern Homebrew Recipes by Gordon Strong, Designing Great Beers, The Ultimate Guide to Brewing Classic Beer Styles by Ray Daniels, American Sour Beers, Innovative Techniques for Mixed Fermentations by Michael Tonsmeyer, For the Love of Hops, The Practical Guide to Aroma, Bitterness, and the Culture 
Culture of Hops by Stan Hieronymus and Radical Brewing, Recipes, Tales, and World-Altering Meditations in a Glass by Randy Mosher, plus many, many more. These are the books and the authors with the knowledge to push your brewing farther than you thought possible. And you'll find them all at fine homebrew and book retailers everywhere. And visit the website at brewerspublications.com. Brewers Publications, all the best on beer and brewing. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Marin Brewing Company in Northern California has been making award-winning beers for more than 25 freaking years. Today, I want to tell you about their new 12-ounce cans of Mount Tam Pale Ale. The good stuff, Mount Tam is bright gold. 5.5% ABV to keep you feeling good and has been winning awards since 1989. If you're visiting the Bay Area, get your butt out to Marin Brewing Company. They pour tasty beers and serve great food every day until midnight. Come in for a tour, stay for the food, and pick up a six-pack of cans of Mount Tam Pale Ale to enjoy at home, camping, biking, or whatever the hell you do. Owner Brandon Moylan has this to say about Marin Brewing beers. It's freaking awesome. Marin Brewing has won more than 100 gold medals in international competitions. Check out MarinBrewing.com for all their award-winning beers, food, and merch. Marin Brewing Company in Larkspur, California. Award-winning taste, refreshing finish. It's freaking awesome. Hi, this is Tyler from Libertine Brewing Company in the central coast of California. You're listening to Brewing Network, The Session. It sucks. Does it suck? It sucks. But that's what's good about it, is that it sucks, right? Welcome back to the program, and thanks so much for hanging out with us. We're going to get to Gallon's Heirloom Ciders here in just a second. But first, uh, I wanted to remind you all about Great Fermentations, uh, a, a wonderful sponsor of ours. You can go to greatfermentations.com. And, of course, they've got the largest catalog of Blickman products on the web, and their stuff is uh, their staff is some of the best trained in the business in using Blickman products. So... That's a good thing I have most of these memorized right now. I'll tell you that. Uh, they also offer top-notch customer service and same-day shipping on so many items. So check them out at greatfermentations.com, and you can be sure to like them. Uh, you should be sure to like them over on Facebook. It's GR8 Fermentation there, uh, and Twitter, and Instagram. Greatfermentations.com. All right, so we're going to do some cider talking here with... Um, well, I guess we're going to find out. It's got to be at least one of America's oldest cidery, if not the oldest cidery. And uh, we will let uh, owner and cider maker Sharon Gowan tell us that. She's on the line with us right now. Hi, Sharon. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks. Nice to talk to you. You too. Thanks for being on the program with us. 
Yeah, we're thrilled to be here. Very excited. We got your guys in the studio here. Ed McGrath, uh, sales manager, is in the studio with us. And uh, Evan Burt, uh, East Bay Territory Sales Manager. Whoa. Whoa. Hey, thanks for that title. We just invented that at the break, Sharon. <laughs> Sharon's like, what is happening? That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. I didn't promise a raise with it. We just gave him the title. So that, yeah. us- that usually works for like a year. You, know, you do the title. Yeah. And then, but you're on your own next year, Sharon. Um, uh, I don't know. Evan's pretty good. He, he, he's on the fast track, so okay. that may not work. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, we're pouring some of your cider in our glass now, but I was hoping you could give us a, a little bit of history of the company. I see on your website that you guys have been around uh, since 1876. Um, yeah. Sure, yeah. Surely you haven't, um, but you can probably uh, give us a, a good amount of history of the company and, and let us know a little bit about it. Sure, yeah. Um, so uh, we're six generations now, wow. and so um, great-great-great-grandfather showed up here on this plot of land and uh, purchased it from homesteaders. Uh, in order to homestead some property, you had to plant an orchard, so there were some trees planted here already, and some of those trees are still growing here. One of our oldest trees is a 150-year-old apple tree, Wow! and it's still producing gravenstein. Wow. And um, so we have some very old trees. Most of our trees are around this uh, 50 to 70-year-old, which is still pretty old for trees. Yeah. Um, for those uh, six generations, the family's been planting and testing and sampling and tasting and evaluating which varieties of apples grow the best and produce the best flavor here in this terroir. Um, and just like wine grapes, where you grow the apple matters depending on what type of apple you're growing and the, the, the flavors that you get. This particular area is in Anderson Valley. And so what we will get is um, very warm days and cool nights, which allows for slower flavor development and a longer growth period. Got it. Anderson Valley, California, everybody, uh, which is a beautiful area, too. Your family uh, was pretty smart to stop there. I like, <laughs> I like that spot. It's, it's gorgeous. We're actually right on the valley floor, but we have some hillside orchards as well. And so we border Hindi Woods, and the river runs through the property, and then we have mountain view orchards that overlook the valley. So one side is redwoods, and the other side is oak-dotted hillsides. Wow. That's that's impressive, and the age of these trees—that's that's kind of astonishing to me. For one, I can't even grow weeds; they die. <laughs> um, so to 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 be able to, oh, well, you tell me how impressive is that? It's it would seem to me that over time, uh, a fruit producing tree. I don't know, would get tired out or something. <laughs> Just like, uh, tell, how, unique, you. how unique is it that if a tree were left alone to grow like that, an apple tree? Will it make a sound? Will it, <laughs> would it last that long without, without a, a human's care? No. 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 no, most likely not. Though there are apple forests in okay. Kazakhstan. Oh, interesting. Which is where they say apples came from. There's, those are more... Um, there would more likely be a lot of seedling apples, fairly small, not like an apple tree you would see around. They're, that forest, is they're losing it to, uh, I'm not sure, uh, being developed or something, I suppose. Um, but there's um, ten to 20,000 varieties, named apple varieties in the world, so identified. And then 
and then these trees are selected for to to produce more for people to plant more to graft more because of some particular characteristic of that apple like it's got a redder skin or it's a sweeter taste or it has some other flavor characteristic or it ferments well and so these are selected varieties that have been propagated and in some cases these varieties have traveled around the world um, so they may not necessarily be the hardiest grafts and you have to know that the top of the tree is not the same as the bottom of the tree usually usually you graft the variety you want on top of a rootstock just like you would in, for wine so depending on how sturdy that rootstock is how the two marry up if they work well together um, you may have a sturdier base of the tree or you may have a less sturdy base of the tree I don't know if I answered your question, yeah. but it's relatively unusual. It is, <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's just so you know, that's exactly the kind of answer we like on this program. Uh, our listeners are, oh. are, 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 we're all geeks here, so we want to hear as much as we can. Um, oh, now, wonderful. Now, let me ask you this, too, and, and maybe you, you said this in your description, and I, and I missed it, but with an older tree like that, is there is there anything akin to like a like old vine Zinfandel, right? Like it actually the grape will have changed because it's so old. Is, is that something that happens with apples? So I'm assuming you mean beyond the marketing aspect of it. Oh, okay. Well, maybe yeah. You should maybe I, I need to be corrected on that. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I, 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 don't, I don't actually know. Um, a lot of people do believe that the old vines uh, produce a, a better fruit. I don't know that that's the case, and there's been no studies of that on apples. So um, I can tell you, though, that most commercial orchards, most commercial orchards are growing apples that um, that are designed to look good on a grocery store mm, shelf yeah. and to and to be harvested before they're ripe, stored in cold storage or controlled atmosphere for up to a year, and then shipped to its final destination where you will see it on a grocery store shelf. None of those things would make a very good wine either. Mm. So a big difference is the variety of the apple Probably that would be more recognizable than the age of the tree that that particular variety came from, just because you don't have that many data points to evaluate that at this point. I'll see. I don't know um, if you've ever been told this, but you have an uncanny knack for making apples bo- sound both awesome and horrible. <laughs> uh, your, your first description, of course, they just sound amazing, but then when you talk about the grocery store apples, I'm just like, wow, what a turnoff. Yeah. Uh, well, the same thing happens with grapes. Yeah. The grapes yeah. sitting at the store would make terrible wine right yeah but you wouldn't want to eat the wine grapes because they would taste terrible i see they taste real tannic very yeah Yeah. are all of your apples grown for cider sharon uh that's a great question actually um our family's been growing fruit uh as eating apples for 141 years with our 141st harvest this year wow um in fact great great grandfather used to load up a horse and wagon um a we, it was a double team, and they would travel for a day to do home deliveries on the Mendocino coast. Wow! Um, so, uh, and that was uh, fresh eating apples for people. But this is the first year that we are not packing apples. That's what they call it, packing apples, where you put them in a box and really pretty for different grocery stores. And we're using all of our the apples for cider, so um, it, it's a bittersweet. This yeah. year, actually, because we no longer do food. It's just um, 
become more expensive um, in this state to to just actually be a smaller farmer, which is kind of how we would we would be uh, scaled next to the really big guys up in lots of in the northwest. I see. Um, but happily. What, what the family has done for these 141 years, for these generations, is to pick apples that grow really well here, and they'll plant and test and taste, and that's why we have over 80 varieties of apples. Not all of them have big plantings, because some of them were okay, but not great, and some of them were great, and the family would literally evaluate these morning, noon, and night, because... One person, a farmer, one generation might plant an orchard on our farm maybe once or twice in their lifetime. So hmm. there were big decisions of which varieties you wanted to plant. Wow. Yeah. So was it, did you guys have like a big party when that happens too? That's like a real rite of passage, it seems like. Uh no. Uh, no. <laughs> All right, now go yeah. plant them. Yeah. Yeah. You picked them. We're farmers. We're just, <laughs> just plant the thing and shut up, kid. <laughs> now, maybe yep. your sales guys can help with this question, too, although I'm sure you could answer. Uh, I'm curious. You, you talk about the expense of being a small farmer and, and producing for food. My guess would be also that the cider market is growing significantly, just like craft yeah. beer. So maybe that has something to do with the decision as well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're probably the oldest and most diverse heirloom orchard in California. And because of that long history of picking apples that do really well here, it's almost sort of an unheard of evaluation over time of varieties that are particularly tuned to this terroir. And so that's a really unique opportunity for us in terms of being able to express those flavors in a cider. And um, we've uh, kind of really enjoying taking these different apples. Most people have never actually had a ripe apple, um, right. let alone know that the apples taste different from different varieties, just like a wine grape would. Sure. So um, there, 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 there's definitely growing interest in apples. There's also happily a growing interest in varietals and terroir and things beyond, um, I don't know, the latest pumpkin spice rendition or you know, <laughs> right. a flavored soda. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Evan and I actually had a pumpkin spice cider earlier today. You did. That's quite <laughs> Interesting. Good. Interesting. Oh, <laughs> I don't. I don't comment on other people's ciders. Okay, but, uh, that was funny. We had our um, we had our weekly meeting, and I joked to the staff that we're preparing a pumpkin spice cider. Okay, and which the staff kind of was paused and wanted to make sure that was a joke. Yeah, and we found out it's not a joke for everybody. Yeah, so. okay. it's, it's interesting. Now, Sharon, I have kind of a strange question for you. Um, yep. Do you still like apples? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I can just yeah, imagine actually, the amount of apples you have eaten in your life. Oh yeah, it's really funny because you, know, I walk out, I, I walk to work. I'm I'm about a hundred yards away from the cidery, and I walk through the apple orchard, and we have pears there also, and so the apples come ripe at different times, and um, and. It's kind of interesting. We have our Sierra Beauty apples now that are hanging on the trees. They're close to getting harvested. And so I go by every day and I take a bite out of some apples. And sometimes I think that's cro that's ready to ready to harvest. That one's good. And wow. sometimes I think, nope, got to wait a little bit more. Interesting. <laughs> so, yeah. And it, it, it's fun. Is it harvest time like now? Yeah. It is right now. Okay. Wow. So you oh. guys must be busy up there. <laughs> 
this is why I'm not in your studio. Understood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, absolutely forgiven. I'm sure you guys are very, very busy. Um, well, let's talk about one of the ciders in our glass. I believe the first one we have here is a Macintosh, um, which even I, and, and I'm a dummy, I recognize that name. That's, that's like the most famous Apple, right? Yeah, the, it's a computer. Yeah, yeah. I love those. <laughs> yeah. You can uh, so do quadratic <laughs> equations on this Apple. I guess that actually makes it the second most famous <laughs> Apple nowadays. Yeah, um, tell us about this cider and, and, of course, the Apple. Well, this is one of Ed's favorite ciders, so maybe I should let Ed talk to you about it. Okay, yeah, you want to tell us, you know, what is what is this made up of? You guys never said I'd actually have to talk. Yeah, here. sorry, Ed. This is, uh, the predominant apple is a Macintosh, so it's um, it's fermented to dry, and it's it's um, more tart, more dry than our other ciders. Okay. It's my favorite. It is, okay. I had two for breakfast this morning. <laughs> and uh, maybe this is obvious, but y- y- you named the cider after the apple. Not all cideries do that, right? That's, that's important. We're um, really looking at varietals, like in the wine industry. Yeah. Um, and the advantage of having the Galwin Orchard, you know, at our beck and call, we you know we have the available apples. Right. In fact, uh, which Sharon um, didn't mention. Um, these, the apples are actually picked, uh, Sharon, correct me if I'm wrong, about three weeks later than they would if they were going to market. Okay. So um, Sharon and her husband yeah. Don are out there tasting apples, looking for tartness, looking for um, you know different aspects that you, uh, you couldn't get it unless you were controlling the orchard. Okay. So if I'm hearing yeah. right, the, the, the two primary things out of a Macintosh apple are um, a significant tartness and how dry it ferments. Is that is that right? Mm, not quite. Okay. All all apples, unlike a wine, wines will have unfermentable sugars. Yeah. But almost every apple is going to ferment to dryness. Okay. So what we're looking for in a Macintosh is um, as the fruit ripens, the sugar increases, and you've got um, a peak of sugar and you've got a peak of acid. And what you may want to do, depending on the variety, you may want to let that acid wear off a little bit more because it'll be too acidic. Or you may just want to harvest that like you do a lot of wine grapes where they have particular numbers that they're targeting. So what we look for in a Macintosh is the Mac. Apples are part of the rose family. So you can get some really nice floral characteristics from different varietals. Some mm. of them are rose or jasmine or honeysuckle. And the the Macintosh has a lovely mixed floral aromatics that a lot of people use to add florals to their other varietal ciders also. So that's really what we're trying to get is that floral aromatic. We have Macs are really popular back east. They're practically Canada's, uh, they may even be Canada's national apple, but they're super popular. And what we want when people drink that Macintosh cider, if they're familiar with a Macintosh apple, is to recognize that flavor characteristic, not to override it, just to express what that apple already has. Got it. And so that's our goal, not to essentially grow good fruit and then don't screw it up. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Which is, uh, it's, it's kind of a winemaking thing too, right? G- oh, yeah. Grow great fruit and then don't screw it up. Don't screw it up, man. It doesn't happen very right. often. I, I see on the bottles you, you list the dates that it's tree ripened. Is that... Does that mean something yeah. that to the average consumer that they can taste? Um, well, yeah, I would 
think so. I think people just like to know that, you know, when the apples were harvested, where they were harvested. In fact, you can you can see that trend happening even on a national level where some national brands are starting to talk about their orchards and tree ripening things and that sort of a deal. Um, but yeah, I think people want to know when those apples were harvested. And I don't think very many ciders out there can tell you. Right. Also, yeah. we're limited. The, the federal regu- regulations for ciders are pretty odd. Really? You think beers are bad. Uh, ciders are the worst. <laughs> really? And so um, we can't say, you know, we can't say this is a vintage Gravenstein 18, you know, a, ni- a 2017. Okay. So we're all able to say when we're harvesting, but we're not allowed to say the vintage. Interesting. That sounds like another wine lobby bullshit law to me. <laughs> Um, yeah. So yeah. Prohibition. So he, okay. So here's here, here's here's something funny. Um, if you're over seven percent, you cannot put a year on it. You you can't even put a year on it if you don't use the word vintage, because wines own years on bottles made from fruit over seven percent. Wow. Now if wow. you're under seven percent, you're under the FDA rules, and you can say a whole lot of stuff that may or may not be true, which happens a lot on lots of ciders under 7%. So you kind of get the worst of both worlds. We've been here since uh, 1876, and um, we can't say Anderson Valley on the label over 7% because that's an American viticultural area, and they own that for the same reason as you can't put a vintage on it. Wow. But under 7%, we can say Anderson Valley. So it's weird. Can it you, is strange. Can you call the, the, the cider, let's say you make an 8% cider, can you just call it 2017? Have that be the name? Oh, <laughs> interesting. Now it's a title, not a description. Yeah. Right? I don't know. Yeah. The name is yeah. Anderson Valley 2017. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're limited in the size bottles we use. Uh, we're taxed different once it's over 8%. Wow. So the reg- regulation is really interesting. Now... So is when you say limited in the size bottle, what what is the limit? How do you mean? I'll let Sharon answer if that. You, okay. if, if you're over 8%, you have to be metric, and that includes growlers. So when we get to having a tasting room, if in the next 140 years, we hope, um, <laughs> we'll, have, uh, right. <laughs> we'll have to use metric growlers. Wow. Do you guys have, is there a, a cider lobby? You know, the the Brewers Association Apparently does not. a lot to, <laughs> to fight for breweries, and, and um, uh, you know the wine people have it too, but is there the equivalent yeah. like that in your industry as well? It's getting there. And nationally, there's a United um, Association of Cider Makers, and in the state of California, we have uh, just launching California Cider Association, and um, I'm... Um, been serving on the board for that for a couple of years. Okay. okay. So you guys are, are obviously going to be targeting some of these weird, archaic nonsense laws to be able to grow your industry just like craft beer has been able to, I would imagine, right? I would I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> some of these are going to be yeah. a little tough to change. They did yeah. increase the carbonation. We got a, a federal law passed so we can add more carbonation, which we were limited before, um, and hmm. that's European ciders have more carbonation, and now we can we can achieve those levels also. So that was kind of cool. See, I was um, thinking the opposite. Did, Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. 
No, go ahead. Well, I, I was thinking the opposite of, of JP there with the question like that. You know, hopefully these things will change. And somebody I'll fight must, you, dude. I'm thinking that her family's been at this so long, and these things are so annoying even to me right now that they're just over it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't even want to think about it anymore. Just, it is what it is, and that's life. There's yeah. also um, these regulations don't protect the consumer. Because no. um, a lot of, especially the ciders coming from the big beer people, um, they're getting concentrated apples from China. Mm. And it's illegal to sell a Chinese apple in the United States because of the DDT. But you could boil it down and concentrate it and sell it. Really? So um, hmm. I always tell people, read the label. Yeah. And, um, so one company uses um, Eastern European apples. Um, another company, the rest of the people are using Chinese apples. But the really scary thing is if they mix it in California, uh-huh. you now have a California cider. Uh, okay. So if you notice on our labels, we have real California cider. Yeah. And it's something that um, Sharon through our organization is saying, hey, if you're using apples from California, let's show the consumer. Yeah. Because right now the consumer doesn't know. Say, hey, this... You know, this cider's ten dollars. This one's five. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And See, now here's some. Here's an example of why that shit pisses me off to no end. Like I, I when I go to the store yeah. and I shop for vegetables, I want to shop local. I want to yeah. shop California. I want to shop. USA. Yeah. yeah. That's because I, well, I, we live in a farming area. It's pretty ridiculous to not have California fruits and vegetables. Yeah. I know it's you know. the season for yeah. these. Why, you know, so anyway, and, and, and I, I look at it, I look very hard, and, and I, 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 my wife is irritated. She goes, I, there's asparagus, but it's, it's Mexico. Nope. <laughs> I mean, it's fine, but like avocado, yeah. but it's Peruvian. Nope, we don't need avocado that bad. Right. And for a Californian to say no to avocado, I think, right. is probably pretty hard to do. But um, <laughs> that that would bother me greatly if I was buying a, a XYZ cider and then I find out that it was Chinese apples of all things. Yeah. No, I'm not, gonna, I'm not trying to <laughs> do that. That's where you draw the line. That's where I draw the line, son. A red line. Well, I'm <laughs> the thick red yeah. line in the shape of a star. I'm glad you guys are here educating us about that because that's an, I think that's really important that you put that on. On the label, Sharon. Well, thank you. We um, we did this. We've been talking with the association for quite a while because there is a whole lot of big companies and some smaller companies that want to push the local thing and the implication. They'll go to all kinds of efforts to imply either in the name or on the label, and just really cross that line about kind of just misleading people. Um, experts in the industry have said that they believe that 95% of the ciders produced in California or produced elsewhere but carrying a California name actually are not using California fr- produce. Wow, it makes me mad. And um, that it may be as little as 5% that are actually using California apples. And the, the problem with that is if it continues, then, you know, it's cheaper to grow apples in Chile and China and um, Washington and Oregon than it is to grow and meet all of California's regulations, requirements, insurance, and land prices. So if that trend is allowed to continue, it's just going to continue to run out um, more and more California apple growers, which is unfortunate because there's some really there's some gems of orchard in our state, hmm. and um, hopefully, um, people becoming aware of that, they want to support local, they want to buy California, and and they'll have a chance to vote with their dollars if that's what they like. Right. It seems like an easy thing to prove because it takes a lot of apples to make cider. It's it's a disturbingly and, and large and, amount of apples. And 
And if a big corporation, yeah. a big cidery, is making apples and they're claiming California, it's like, okay, you just said that you're making enough cider that is more than the state of California actually grows. Can produce. So, yeah. uh, something's up here. But people don't But people don't know that, right? Like, you know that. Yeah. yeah. No one but, would research that except, yeah. it, except an idiot except like Warren. Except Beardy. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and now I just told you guys. Now we know. So, See? you're welcome. Great. <laughs> I'm going to do a lot with that information. Yeah. Well... This cider tastes wonderful, and I think you know you. Oh, you, like it. you, you said your your goal was to showcase the fruit. It should you should recognize a Macintosh apple, and I think that's what it does. Yeah. Although it's better than any Macintosh apple I've ever had. <laughs> so I think you're also right that I've never eaten a ripe apple. Yeah, I think ever. so. Yeah, <laughs> I, think I, I like to think that the uh-huh. Galwin family is improving on Mother Nature. Yes. Well, let's be honest. Alcohol is improving on Mother Nature. Yes. <laughs> as, it always, as it always has. The, the hard part about ciders and, and why I was excited to, to have these ciders on, because I, I caught them in the store a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, oh, dude, these are red. Because they're, they're single varietals. But to get that that essence of, of eating an apple, right? So when you bite into an apple, you get the skin, mm-hmm. you get the tannins from that, you get the heart, the meat of the fruit, and you get that kind of finish down. If you can drink a cider that has all those kind of components blended yeah. together, that's a really well-made cider. It's not just, here's juice. Right. There's 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 an essence in there. Complexity. And, yeah, and, and I think these things have it. There's that tannin of like a skin, the skin, mm-hmm. um, which mm-hmm. uh, I, I think is kind of the harder, like that tart kind of thing. Yeah. I think it's one of the more hard things to, to put into to a cider. I think you can just anyone can get the meat of a of an apple in there. But How do you capture that, Sharon? The the, the tannins from the skin. Um, you know, we uh, it, it's whatever Mother Nature puts in there. Okay. And so you're absolutely right that Macintosh has tannins. Um, it's funny because people will tell you that apples, culinary apples, which technically these are culinary Ooh. apples shouldn't have tannins but depending on where they grow that that matters most and mm. in this area the ripening works enough so that they get tannins in them so tannins usually collect around the skin and the core most typically and and the mac the way our macs grow here we have tannins mm. oh, where the bottles and, out so you guys, no, that's not there's a cap on it Oh. <laughs> wow. I like, What's wrong? <laughs> I haven't even been drinking today. Oh man, you like, really that is all good. I've had. Let me see that bottle, Jamie, please. Yeah. So you guys don't do any adjustments post fermentation with tannins or acids or anything. It's just whatever it ferments out to be. That's what it is. Um, we don't do any adjustments with tannins because for, um, tannins are really hard to marry well with the cider. Um, some people that just like like it will like the taste of wood. They want those tannins from the wood. Um, most people will use fairly neutral barrels if they want to do something like that. Um, but you you may have to adjust acids so you so you have a more protected fermentation. Um, otherwise, you could potentially get um, spoilage during a fermentation or simultaneous malolactic fermentation, which you don't want an uncontrolled malolactic in cider. So you may have to adjust with more acid, depending on how ripe that apple became on the tree or if you did store it. Um, and luckily, we don't we we ripen our apples enough, so we never have too little acid. So. Um, or, or too much acid, too so much. We, oh, we're okay. we're pretty good on that area. Does that answer your question? Yeah, 
And you mentioned okay. since we're, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, 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 you since we're talking about the acid here, you you had mentioned you know when you're tasting out there, you're you're tasting for the tartness and and acidity. Mm-hmm. Are you only measuring the acidity by taste also, or, or are there instruments you use to do that from the apple? I mean, um, we usually when we're our first priority is making sure that all the starch has converted. And so we'll do bricks readings, and um, then and and we'll taste. Um, my husband, he he grew up in a family where the, the the family hobby as well as the avocation was deciding whether fruit and produce was ripe or not. And he probably has one of the best developed palates for apples hmm. in the state or further, um, especially by varietal. So um, he can pretty much taste an apple and tell you how how close it is. Um, Okay. So, so we'll we'll do both. We'll we'll taste. We'll test. We also once the juice is pressed, we'll test PA. Got it. Um, we'll we'll add sulfites. So again, you don't get that malolactic fermentation. And and we pitch yeast. We don't use um, ambient yeast um, because we want a more a more consistent fermentation. We've actually paired a few um, done a few hundred fermentations with single varietals paired with different yeasts because apples will have what they call flavor precursors that will pair differently with a different yeast and they'll have some flavors that will override any yeast you put in there and then some yeast will enhance one characteristic or another like aromatics or a mouthfeel and so we've done all, a lot of experiments by varietals to pick the one that we think pairs best and just expresses that fruit best got it have you done any or released any spontaneously fermented Ciders? Um, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> Have you intentionally released yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Um, no. <laughs> you know, I had some... But, you know, Go ahead. actually, that's not true. That's not true. You know, it's actually fairly easy to make cider. We have uh, we we have the only apple show here in all of California. It's actually right next to us in Boonville. AV Brewing is in Boonville too. In case you ever heard of those guys. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. So um, so we have an apple show here, and the the mascot for our apple show is Applejack. Okay. So um, like the drink. He's been there for quite some time. Yes. There you yeah, go. Yeah, okay. So it's. It's actually fairly easy to make hard cider. We, Our family's been producing what's called sweet cider for a very, very long time. You put a jug, a plastic jug of this fresh-pressed sweet cider in your refrigerator, and a week or two later it starts to ferment. By the way, my mom's favorite drink. And that's all using ambient yeast. So, yeah, we've, we've, we've hmm. done that for years, if not generations and generations here. How you get hard cider nice and easy. Got it. I'm going to start I th- tomorrow. I think this Macintosh cider would be great with uh, mm-hmm. some some wild yeast in it. Yeah. A little Brett in there. I did a little um, experiment. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe I'm Brett. wrong. I, uh, I did some uh, partial well, sulfiding um, experiments that turned out really well. So that's why I was curious. Have yeah. you guys, or have you guys harvested sure, yeah. any yeast from what's been on your apples no. grown at your place? No, no, and it would it would be different orchard by orchard. Um, the way an apple colors is different depending on what side of the tree it's on. Sometimes you'll get some red max and some more green max, and and the yeast 
being able to control and repeat that would be um, the challenge. Mm. Um, there's a lot of yeast on this property with 141 years and being able to determine which one actually ran the fermentation going to be interesting. That'd yeah. be tough. But that, that's great uh, tasting room fodder right there, though. Yeah. You know, every year. It, it? It, yeah, I think it wouldn't matter. If it if you can r- repeat it every year, you know what I mean. I see. Yeah, just a spontaneous. Here's our spontaneously fermented. If that was cider. just one was line desirable. that they did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But just for tasting room for people to come in. You couldn't say what year it was from. Right. Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah that's that's a good point. Though I I wonder if the apples are going to be different every year. Like this year with that super hot stretch, um, our apples are our our sugar content is probably going to be about ten to fifteen percent lower than the previous year. Oh. Same with wine grapes. Um, they're talking about much lower sugars, and the theory is. And this is just one example of how a year can be different. But the theory is that it got so hot that the plants made the decision to ripen that fruit as quick as possible and save the plant because it was too hot for them to survive and do both. Wow. Hmm. And so you're going to get variations year to year just because the year was different by the fruit. Sure. Okay. So that that for us, we kind of want to focus well on that. But it would be fun to do and just see what happens. I mean, it, like I said, there's a big lot of history of yeast here, and who knows? It might be it might be a awesome variety that wants to develop yeah. and use. It'd be fun. Oh yeah, you're on a farm. Why not? Right? Just or it could be it uh, could be a, a big fat waste of time. It could be a total fat <laughs> waste yeah. of time. That's absolutely correct. <laughs> Well, I got to get us to a break. We do have some more cider to try. When we come back, I want to try the 1876, which I hear uh, has okay. a very interesting story. So, But I got to take a quick uh, commercial break, if you can hang in there, Sharon. Um, And speaking of yeast, everybody, uh, we'll let you know a little more about White Labs. White Labs recently added two new yeast strains to the vault, uh, their collection of specialty one-of-a-kind strains. Now homebrewers are able to pre-order WLP-066, the London Fog Ale Yeast, and WLP-073, Artisanal Country Ale Yeast, by visiting whitelabs.com slash the vault. Once each strain reaches 150 orders, White Labs will release the yeast and ship it directly to your doorstep. Good news for pro. Brewers, too, if you want access to any vault strains for your next brew day, just place a minimum order of one and a half liters. So uh, go check it out. If you're all about the haze craze, WLP 066 London Fog Ale Yeast is a great choice for those hazy New England IPAs that JP loves so much. Um, <laughs> um, and the 073 Artisanal Country Ale Yeast is perfect for your next beer to guard uh, or other farmhouse style. So don't wait, homebrewers. Go check it out at whitelabs.com slash the vault. We will be back in just a couple minutes, i uh, got a couple commercial words for you to listen to, and then we'll be back with Gowan Cider. You can learn all about the 1876. Hang in there. It's the session. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like... 
Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer, whether for yourself or as a gift. When you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the BrewingNetwork.com. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand. Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises blickman engineering has the answer the blickman brew easy all grain brewing system the brew easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design perfect for any size brewing location at its core the brew easy is built on two gorgeous blickman boilermaker brew kettles a high temperature march pump and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater the brew easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new BrewEasy. If you work in retail sales, the restaurant industry, or are a new craft beer enthusiast, or you know someone who is, you have got to check out Beer 101. Beer 101 is an online course created for anyone wanting a quick introduction to the vast world of craft beer. Beer 101 covers the history of beer, brewing ingredients and processes, vital stats like ABV, SRM, IBU and gravity, styles, tasting, glassware, and pairing beer with food. The Beer 101 course is offered by the Brewers Association at craftbeer.com, also home to the truly awesome Beer Style Finder, a visual guide to every beer style. Quickly play with color, bitterness, and alcohol content to interactively explore the entire world of beer styles with a gorgeously designed interface to your favorite beverage. The new Beer 101 course and new Beer Style Finder are only available at craftbeer.com. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. 
Hey guys, what'll it be? I'm not sure. What do you recommend? A lot of people seem to like the Hefeweizen. Is that a German Hefeweizen or more of an American-style wheat beer? I'm not sure, but I can give you a taste. Okay, great. Great. The Cicerone Certification Program certifies and educates beer professionals in order to elevate the beer experience for consumers. Unfortunately, not every bar is staffed with certified beer servers who can guide their customers through a beer list. Here you go, guys. Let me know what you think of the Hefeweizen. Yeah, that's definitely more of an American meat. But I can hardly tell because this beer just smells like sour butter. I wonder how long it's been since they cleaned the draft line. Yeah, and look at the bubbles on the side of the glass. It's filthy. Somebody should tell these guys about the Cicerone program. For sure. How about we head somewhere else for another beer? Your server should give beer the same respect you do. Request quality. The Cicerone certification program offers four levels of beer certification, in-person classes, and course books for beer professionals. Check them out at Cicerone.org. The Cicerone Certification Program. We know beer. Hi, this is Tyler from Libertine Brewing Company in the central coast of California. You're listening to Brewing Network, The Session. It sucks. Does it suck? It sucks. But that's what's good about it, is that it sucks, right? All right, welcome back to the show. Thanks for hanging in there with us. We are speaking with Gowan's Heirloom Ciders. We got Sharon Gowan on the line with us, and uh, we got some more of this great cider to get through. Um, Sharon, I, I have a question about your your family. You say it's a sixth generation. Sure. Um, did any of the kids like leave the family business, and were they shunned? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Actually, the surprising part is that anybody stayed through those six generations. Okay, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, lucky Sharon. <laughs> She's sticking it out. Fine, Granddad. I'll stay. <laughs> right. Well, but I really am curious about that for your part. You know, you you grew up there on the farm, and and did you just know, hey, this is always what I want to do too? Well, um, confession time, I actually am an in-law or an outlaw. Okay. Um, my husband and I married about 30 years ago, and he's uh, not the interviewee type. I <laughs> so see. Uh, he's got the me. Superman palette. Got it. Okay. <laughs> he's putting the apples to bed right now. He can't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I want to make sure he, we go ahead. He's here in case I need to say something differently. He's just not seeing the <laughs> Wow. Fact-checking. Yeah. Hi, Don. Just sitting earlier. back there, Here's tapping his eye. fingers on the desk, <laughs> staring like, at poor Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I want to make sure we get through these ciders to, yeah. to talk with uh, about them with you. Uh, we have the 1876 in our glass. Who wants to tell us about about this cider? You want you want Ed? Well, let's go, Evan. We haven't heard yeah, from Evan right. yet. Because I'll start oh, doing fine. it. Fine, yeah. Fine if you, if yeah. Tell us all about it, will you? Oh, it's actually my favorite one out of all of them. Uh, it's just a really lovely balance for me. I like the blend. It is the only blend. And I feel I've been to the farm once, but I do feel like Sharon and Don did a good job of capturing the essence of all of their heirloom apples. Got it. Uh, Sharon, how many apples are in this blend? Are we allowed to know that? Uh, yeah. We we use 13 selected varietals, and we use them in particular percentages here. Really, it's really lovely for me personally. I find it having a good fruit forward approach, but it does have a subtle earthy tone and mm-hmm. lingering pleasant bitterness throughout, and then it just finishes dry. And for me, 
it's just got enough complexity where I keep going back. Got it. Yeah. They're also um, every varietal is fermented separately with a um, with a complementary yeast. Okay. And then Sharon mm-hmm. puts her mad scientist oh, jacket on, and then she does the blending. Ah, so huh. I'm glad you said that because I had the question how you how do you even pick the the 13 varietals to go in, but you're you're fermenting all of them separately, and mm-hmm. then doing a like a like mm-hmm. a winemaker would do, then yep. you're blending them together afterward. Right. Yeah. I if you've mad ever scientist. been in, an... yeah, but... I'd, I'd say he prefers a mad scientist over you know winemaker or cider maker. <laughs> um, what size if, batches? If you've ever been? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. It's okay. Go ahead, Go Sharon. Ahead. I was just going to say, if, you, if you've, uh, Evan was talking about the the, the aromatics and the flavor, mm-hmm. and if um, you've ever been in an orchard, like in late October, and you've got the, in, in the late afternoon, you've got some apples that have dropped on the ground, you've got apples on the tree, and it, this cider tastes and smells like that orchard smells. Got it. It really does. It's really nice. Mm. I like oh, this man. one too. Like a sweeter. I don't say more overripe, but because it sounds bad, but mm. mature fruit forward. Fruit forward. Yeah, I like to say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good description. I woke up in my the orchard <laughs> at the end of October. Did you, <laughs> did you go to sleep in that orchard? Yeah. He was born. God, my I, first day's right around then. He so. grew from the earth. God, I want to know that story. <laughs> Just not now, uh, but man, okay. I want to know how that <laughs> <All right>. happened. <laughs> um, so, so you you blend it uh, afterward, and are you looking to make it? Taste the same as the last time you blended it. Every time is is that how you're how you're doing your blend? Uh, we we kind of want it to be within. We we don't want it to taste like a Macintosh, but we want right. it to yeah. whatever those varietals produce that year is how it's going to taste. Once again, and Mother so we Nature. keep the percentages mm-hmm. the same, and that's how it is. Hmm. All right, well that makes sense. Keeps it easy. I really yeah. like that one too. <laughs> What's the next one that we have here, guys? Is that Gravenstein. Gravenstein, is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. And that's an apple varietal yep. as well? Okay. Yes. So yeah. now we're back mm-hmm. to a single varietal mm-hmm. cider? So there's little small fuckers, right? No. Oh. no they're 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 get them in the store. No, they're big and green. Oh, they're yeah, big, big and green. Oh, I thought they were the small. Have you not been in like, the grocery store yeah. in that fruit <laughs> yeah. section? They no. get, they're getting rare. They were the Northern California apple. Mm-hmm. They started out in Denmark. Brought over, um, got into Russia, and they actually the first Gravenstein apple trees were uh, produced in Fort Ross, so the Russian colony here. Okay, and became the apple in the um, you know um, in, in the previous century, and then almost, not not extinct, but it became almost came economically extinct. Mm. And uh, Sonoma and Mendocino County are very proud of their Gravenstein apples. Got it. And they have an apple fair, um, and it's like the apple. Okay. If you say something bad about a Gravenstein apple in certain counties, they beat you up. I see. It's by law. <laughs> it's by law. And then you wake up in an orchard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> it tastes like a green apple. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's got that really high in tannic acid. It's really, really nice. Yeah. Okay. I really Big like this one. Right mm-hmm. Yeah, I tend to like the more acidic and, and tart apples. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
But to me, it still has a very perfumey, uh, and it could be a part of the yeast that you guys are pairing it with, perfumey uh, and wine-like, um, kind of grapey fruit ester also. Yeah. The, um, apples can, when you ferment an apple, there's a, a flavor that is produced only from fermenting apples, and they've termed this cidery. Um, and they, but apples can also produce a wine-like aromatic and flavor that you would get from wine grapes. And they can produce them separately or together. So if you're going, this tastes like wine, you might be picking up on that. And a lot of people, we've had sommeliers who their favorite out of our lineup was the Gravenstein. And they felt that it was, you know, maybe they were more, they liked the wine quality to it. So, yeah, I think that's really reasonable. They're all so good. Yeah. Yeah. This one, too, I, we don't serve wine here at at our bar that we're broadcasting from. Mm. We're not allowed to, by law. So we get people come in ask all the time, and we usually offer them a cider in, instead. Yeah. And this one or would be door. a great one to offer. Because sometimes, yeah. to be honest, we're, we're offering that, and we'll say, you know, it's it's wine-like. And sometimes they're really not. It's not yeah. wine-like. No. But this one, it's I It's just I light think body is. and light in color, yeah. like a white wine, and that's about <laughs> yeah. where yeah. you can But this one, you, I, yeah. I could say with more honesty, mm-hmm. actually, we have a cider that's, that's very wine-like. Yeah. And it has some of those characteristics mm-hmm. that Beardy was talking about. Well, it's very fortunate that your, your beer buyer... Um, has us on tap here quite a bit. Okay, good. So. I'm glad. Uh, yeah, well, we always keep yeah. um, at least one, usually two ciders on tap. And, of course, we rotate everything. So he must also really like your stuff if he's keeping you on quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is good. Cool. Um, now, do do you guys have a lot of tap accounts? Uh, what is your oh, yeah. sales bottles um, to, to draft? We're mostly uh, bottles. Okay. But um, what I'm really proud to say um, Many of your listeners, when they go to um, the the serious beer bars mm-hmm. um, in the Bay Area, they'll have us on tap. Okay. We, um, for four or five bars, we actually have permanent handles, which is really unheard of for um, a cider. Yeah. And then we're in rotation literally everywhere. Okay. All right. That's interesting. Yeah, the, that is rare for a cider. You do see some of the big guys with the permanent tap handles, yeah. and I don't know yeah. if they're paying for that or whatever's happening. But, um, yeah, you don't often see a, a small one with a permanent. Well, what happened, um, as you said, you don't have a wine license, so you have to have something for the non-drinker, yeah. the non-beer um, uh, drinker. So a lot of people have just been buying an inexpensive, uh, popular uh, cider. And as... The consumer gets more aware of what we have. Um, they're going for the the better ciders. And there's some remarkable stuff being produced nowadays. Yeah, and absolutely. we're just excited that we're in that in that mix. Do, do you think that? And Sharon, maybe you could help with this too. You know, was cider always this good, and, and consumers just didn't know, or is cider getting better like craft beer is getting better? Well, good question. What do you think, Sharon? I don't think there's any question that cider especially from the smaller craft producers is going to continue to improve. Okay. And, um, and I mean, was cider always as good? Cider was actually probably the first American drink. Uh, there was a saying that water's for bathing, cider's for drinking, because okay. water wasn't reliably safe, and this is a way of purifying water for early settlers here. Right. So um, it's had a long tradition. Um you know, back then, people probably weren't um, doing much back sweetening. It was really they were drinking it dry, dry, 
Um, but it was fairly small back east. Um, you know, you wouldn't get a lot of sugars in your apple anyway. So they were talking about a three or a four, maybe maybe a five percent drink. Out here, a lot of our apples will get five, six, seven, eight, even nine percent. Wow. So back then, back east, low drink, um, and it was um, easy to keep it, and uh, it was a safe drink. Sure. So. Um, but now that we're having this renaissance of cider, yeah, there's a lot of people getting into making cider, and I think that they're learning along the way, and things will improve. We were at a, a curated cider festival at the Culinary mm-hmm. Institute of America in Napa at Copia, mm-hmm. and they had some amazing ciders, almost entirely California-grown, a few from out of state, and all really small producers and just fantastic. Um, And then you're going to get the people that are looking to build a brand to sell it, and they're going for the the cider soda pop or the six-pack cider kind of approach. We're using the least expensive juice, has no flavor, then they're adding some, you know, cherry or spice or something to it to kind of create that that more soda type uh, right. flavored manipulated cider approach and um, there's a lot of people that will make that you know will make that because they're looking to get in on the mass market appeal too and some of those are finding their way as well yeah I've been to some beer festivals you can usually find a couple cideries at them and I've had some really mm-hmm. bad cider <laughs> and for you know to yeah. listen to you and we've had other cideries on here you know really talk about how easy it is to make it and and I know you're referring to the process right like it does seem astonishing yeah. how bad some of it can be yeah. and so maybe the process is easy but the the technique is not you know yeah, I think a lot of ciders on the market are way too dry and there's no body in them there's no there's no meat. It's just it's yeah. just one dimensional. Mm-hmm. Well, and mm. the ones that Sharon's talking about too that are are more soda like because they've put other additives in there. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, it's always disappointing. I find the opposite because I'm like, it's oh. an apple. Damn it! Just you know. <laughs> yeah, right. How hard can it be? <laughs> Yay! Yeah. <laughs> to me, it, it's it it's not easy to get. To have take the the apple growing on the tree and get into the glass and have it still taste the same. Yeah, yeah. And so, and a lot of the big yeah. ones in commercially available ciders, to me, that they, they try to cut corners, whether it's because they have to or whether profit or or just facility dictate that, and you end up with artificial flavors or cooked apple flavors and mm-hmm. oxidized apples. Mm-hmm. And and to me, I find the opposite where a lot of the commercially available cider I get is just too sweet. Hmm. And and I just can't even finish in a half ounce pour that they give me to sample. Got it. And so I enjoy when there's actually tannins and, and acidity <laughs> in a cider that you can, and so you can actually get through a glass. Yeah. And these are quite yeah. enjoyable. So thank you. Oh, thank you. You're very welcome. Um, by the way, cider works really well for breakfast, and that's how the French like their cider a lot of times. Really. So. Cider and pancakes or crepes and sausages, strawberries, delicious. Try it for breakfast. Sharon, listen to me. I do not need another reason to drink in my, in oh, my life. Drink in the morning? Alarm clock. Yeah, this is, I'm fading I, fast. Speaking from experience, cider is very good for breakfast. Is that right? <laughs> oh, yeah. How long have you guys been commercially producing hard cider? From Three the beginning? Years now. Oh, sorry. How many? 
uh, three. We've been okay. experimenting and stuff for longer, about five years with okay. all the different varieties. But um, we've got our license three years ago. I see. Wow. And now 100% of the apples grown go into the, the mm-hmm. cidery? Wow. That, what a change. I didn't a realize change. that. That's a, that's a real fast change. Yeah, well, um, it, it was a, it was. It, it's going to be a good. Hopefully, it's the beginning of a chapter for the next 140 years for this family farm, and we're in business yeah. that much longer making yeah. cider. I agree. Well, I'll I'll help you with with my new marketing slogan that I just gave you. You know, Gowan's heirloom cider. It's an apple. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> T-shirts, bumper stickers, breakfast. everything. Yeah. Breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Let's try it. I like it. <laughs> uh, what's our next one that we're trying here? Sierra yeah. Beauty. The Sierra. Now, this is the one that I think has the interesting story. This is the last oh, yeah. one we got, uh, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, who wants to tell Sierra Beauty? Is that the varietal? That's what it's called. Uh, yes. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, should I start? Um, one of yeah. the one of Sharon's family's great grandfather was loading up the wagon with apples, heading to uh, the foothills. And he found a wild apple tree. And uh, what's interesting about apples, you just can't grow apples from seed. You have rootstock. You have, um, you know, you, if, if the, the delicious apple you're eating now will not produce the same apple. Okay. But he found this apple called Sierra Beauty. And what he named it Sierra Beauty. He took some um, skins, the dried sticks, and started growing this apple. Okay. And it became uh, very successful. And then over the years, it... Um, it became, I'm using parentheses now, um, economically extinct. Okay. And then if you look on, um, if you look on um, Wikipedia, somebody discovered it in the Gowan's uh, family orchard. And uh. even though they were selling this since World War I, every year, year after year, it was never extinct with the Gowan farm. Wow. So it's a, uh, it's a discovered apple um, that's been you know, super popular and... Uh, it's um, Gowan's uh, cider is ground zero. And wow. b- before I worked for Gowan's, I had a cider here um, that was uh, from the um, Northern California, and it was J- um, Johnson Apples and um, Sierra Beauty. Fill in, I fell in love with it. Um, okay. and, and now um, Sharon is um, d- developing her own cider. So the cider you have is actually a still cider. Okay. Uh, so there is some natural carbonation. But it's uh, it's super sophisticated. Some of my Italian restaurants, they're serving it for like twelve dollars for a little aperitif glass. Wow, super cold. But it's okay. uh, it's super complex. Um, I don't even I don't have the vocabulary to describe describe it. I need. Uh, j- oh, I my, need my way of saying it is, you were talking about our wine, the Gravenstein, <laughs> the Gravenstein being like wine. Yeah, this is way even more. Wine. Yeah, it's what one of four apples, Sharon, indigenous to California. On top of that. Okay. It's like a dessert wine, yeah. almost like a tokai yeah. or something like that. Yeah. yeah, but without the the hay kind of thing, it's just very it still has that nice, very intense, s- yeah, subtle dry finish though that I think just makes me keep coming back. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. Now, Sharon, are you the only farm growing it now, or you guys were just ground zero? Um, we um, the we're not the only farm growing it now. Um, the when uh, great great grandpa came back from the Sierra foothills and um, and brought a tree back from there, um, 
the tree had already been grafted, and and so he bare root is, is how those are, are transferred at that time in their life. So in 1906, that's when we planted our first Sierra Beauty tree here, and back in the day there's no refrigeration so what's important for an apple then is that when you dry it it has good flavor and in the world wars apples were shipped dried to the troops so until we got a lot of refrigeration and that food system started to develop every all the apples were dried past the time when when they could be kept so the Sierra Beauty was popular because it could be dried and had great flavor dried. It was a great baking apple. It was a good eating apple. It was a good juice apple. And it also was a keeper. So it could keep a long time without refrigeration. So it was really popular back in the day. And, and we kept expanding the plantings that we had. Um, uh, as things have it, part of the property is sold here or there. And, and what but. So there were some plantings that went to others as they came on um purchased property up here in this area um, in the last century. But what we discovered, researchers approached us in the 1980s and said that they'd been searching for the Sierra Beauty apple for a decade and that uh, they said that it was virtually extinct except for what the plantings that Gowans had done. (laughs) We released the fine wood now so that a lot of people can go out to a nursery and purchase a Sierra Beauty tree. And Every so often we go out to an event and there's sort of an informal club of people who have backyard Sierra Beauty trees now and they've all come from Gowan. So nice. it's kind of, wow. kind of a cool story. Yeah. That's yeah. really cool. Your great-grandfather living on. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah. What I want to do, Justin, is yeah. we want to take our incarnation, our band, Four Friends and Sam, and I want to yeah. turn it into like a, some sort of folk American folk project yeah. and write a song about this story. About the about the man who goes into the wilderness and removes a tree from the ground, yeah. hauls it over one shoulder, you right. know, roots just dripping earth, yeah. and drags it back and stakes his claim in the family plot, Justin. Uh, yes. I want to do that. <laughs> well, that's how I hear it in my mind. What was Grandpa's name? I think we have to start with that. Grandpa. Just Grandpa. Grandpa. He was born Grandpa. <laughs> Just grandpa. Little grandpa was born, and <laughs> so so you're gonna you're gonna like this since you're thinking about doing some sort of an album. There is a um, a young folk singer, young. She's in her 30s, called Gwyneth, and um, Gwyneth has an album just released this year called Spider. She's out of Mendocino County in Fort Bragg and visited our farm as a young girl. And she's um, so if you ever want to check out Gwyneth's album called Spider, it, it's uh, pretty cool. And it'll be a start to your next album when you come out with it. There we go. Warren, give them the bottle opener. You did this in multiple. All kinds oh, of behind God. the scenes happening and here, too, Sharon. There's Actually, pointing. We, we were very Lots quietly. Of pointing to the yeah. pile of yeah. stuff over here. I'm supposed to know which thing they're pointing at. Stop handing you handed me three fucking things. <laughs> yeah, I was working my way to the bottle opener. Oh, I'm pointing right at it. Uh, I'm sure you were. Uh, and that bottle opener was used to open up an 1876 heirloom apple. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Oh, was that a new one? Did we get that one? Uh, we had that. We did that one. Okay. We right. Right. Where, where, yeah. Yeah, where, that was where, the second one. We're reviewing this, that one. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, these are all wonderful. Uh, I highly recommend that people should go uh, and check it out in your stores uh, or, or local bars. You can go to GowanOrchards.com and uh, read all about Gowan's uh, cider and apples. Uh, some good story uh, stories about the, the place on there. And um, it looks like you can probably uh, find out where you can get these. You can learn about heirloom apples um, and, and the orchards and everything. So, uh, do you guys, you, you have a tasting room or you were saying not quite yet? Not yet. Yeah. Not yet, but you do have a beautiful, <laughs> yeah. beautiful Not, girl, not quite yet. We're still, we're still working on all the other aspects. But um, if they, they if it. they want to check out the cider site, that's Gallon's Heirloom Cider. And when we start to get a tasting room plan going, then we'll be announcing it in both of those sites. Got it. So, uh, Okay. That'll be, that'll be fun. Then you guys will have to come up and help us celebrate. Yeah. We would yeah. love to. I, I want to go for yeah. harvest right now. I'll be there tomorrow. Yeah. We uh, need you. They need your help. Yeah. <laughs> it's, late, not, it's not done yet. Late <laughs> October in the orchards? Yeah. No. Face down? Uh, <laughs> I'll be there in January. Um, oh, I missed it. <laughs> Darn it. Oh. Yeah. Well, well you know, Jan- January, January 17th would be a good time to come because I think we're going to try and have a wassail. You know what a wassail is? I do not. Okay. So it's a. It, not only is it a drink and part of Christmas songs that you've heard, yeah. but it's also an event that happens in the orchard in the dead of winter when you go out and drink and sing to the trees so they'll produce a better harvest. Oh, I mean, I'm kind of into that. I am. Ap- I'm totally into that. Let's yeah. learn. Let's make the song. Yeah, about Grandpa. About I'll bring Grandpa. my acoustic bass, and you can do whatever you do, and we'll just it'll be amazing. That's Drinking and singing doesn't oh, yeah. get much better. No, than that. I could, could you do? That. Could you do the show remotely? Yeah, we could. Yeah. Well, we could do a well, recording. That's really a segment. Yeah. We could probably do a good segment. I don't mix my singing with my radio. Or your, or, or your orchards. Yeah, or my. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. He doesn't cross, wake up in the orchard. He doesn't cross pollinate. Uh, <laughs> okay. okay, well, Sharon, that thank you so joke. much for being on the program. Yeah, um, thank and you very much. Uh, Ed and Evan, wonderful to have you guys here. Thanks for bringing all this yeah, down to you, share gentlemen. with us. Um, Thanks for having us. As you know, uh, we, we can't really do a good show without tasting it, so I appreciate yeah. you guys bringing this down here. Hey, our um, pleasure. Folks, Thank Go you. check it out. Uh, real cider. Um, real California cider. Yeah. Real California cider. Even more important. Northern oh, California cider. One last question I didn't get answered, Sharon. Are, do, you know, do you know where you rank on, like, the oldest? I guess you're a newer cidery, so it wouldn't be the oldest cidery in America. The oldest huh? apple oldest orchard. orchard. Yeah. yeah, which is still pretty rad. Yeah, from 1876. So are you, like, in a ranking somewhere? I do don't know that they do that. Um, okay. We've my, my my guess is in terms of heirloom varietals, we're probably one of the oldest in the country. Got it. I, I mean, could answer this um, as a sales manager. We rank number one. Okay, yeah, <laughs> because you can't prove otherwise. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> that you. Yeah. yeah, because my Who salesman Evan is six foot twelve and right. he'll stand behind six foot say. eleven. All right. <laughs> um, you didn't ask her if she speaks boom. Oh, boodling, I think is what it is. Did you say a little bit, Sharon? Yeah. Yeah, okay. No, yeah, um, not not as much as you like, but I but but I do harp in a bit of boot. Okay, there we go. <laughs> I do cheap in the dick trickle. Put Don on. I'm sure you can do it well. Very nice. <laughs> hey, Don. I'm calling you out for your for your question. Well, you you, you know why bootling was developed, right? 
I did yeah, know at one me, time. Tell us again. Because the drunk people. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, it's because um, we, we our, our farm used to grow hops here also, um, actually. Okay. Um, and so when when people were out harvesting, whether it was hops or whatever else, um, the, the gentleman would like to talk about the ladies without the ladies knowing about it. So they invented bootling. I got you. Uh. Out of necessity. And See, talking about women in code is like just inherent in male genes, man. <laughs> yeah. At Starbucks, we would have codes too, and it's just you just yeah. it's what you do, man. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's right. why you have yeah. the window out on the bar currently. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. The studio yeah. window is for is to distract us. Yes. Um, okay, Sharon. Thanks again for being on the program. I really appreciate it. Thanks for the time, guys. You're welcome. And good Have luck. Have a nice night. We will. You too. Thank you. All right. All right. There you go. Uh, Gowan's Heirloom Ciders. Uh, really good stuff. Believe me. You're going to want to go check it out. Hey, guys. I'm drunk. Oh. Uh, oh. Wow. Oh. Yay. Already? Wow. Yeah. How much shit did you buy on Target? That is why, that's why God invented Uber. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. right. That's right. Hey, I got a couple more bottles if you want one. <laughs> she oh. does. Yeah, oh, God. Here we go. Yeah. Bebo's gonna, she's giggling she's back there. Get real drunk. I'm just happy. <laughs> <laughs> I like yeah, you guys. Give me a bottle of Macintosh already. Uh, really good stuff there. Um, all right. What do I got to do here before the break? I got to do something. Probably got to read something, and then we're going to take a break, and then yeah. we're going to come back, and we're going to drink. Some beers. All right. Go to Beersmith.com if you want to uh, work on your cider recipes, your home brewing recipes, all of that stuff. Beersmith.com. It's uh, the Beersmith brewing software, and it's the best on the market. You get a free 21-day trial, so you're going to want to go check it out because you don't have to take my word for it. And my word's shit, to be honest. So uh, get your free 21-day trial over at Beersmith.com. All right. Uh, we are going to take ourselves a break. Uh, thank you again, guys, uh, for being in here. Thank you. Well, we come back. We're going to try some of JP's homebrew and yeah. some of Beardy's pro brew. Wow. It's, yeah. a, it's a pro off. I was not yeah. warned. <laughs> yeah. so, so hang in there. It's the session, and we'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Check out their brand new patent-pending mash and boil 110-volt electric mashing and boiling unit. This compact all-stainless unit lets you mash, sparge, and boil just about anywhere that has a 110-volt plug. Double-wall construction adds to efficiency and safety, and a precise thermostat keeps temperatures where you want them. Unlike insulated buckets and converted coolers, multiple temperature rest mashing is easy to do all for under 300 bucks they also feature the mark ii work pump a magnetic drive high temperature pump that does the work of pumps that cost twice as much as well as exclusive brewer's edge regulators and quality keg king kegs and disconnects check them out today at williamsbrewing.com to bruise their vast selection with over 20 years of experience making world-class craft beer and more than 100 gold medals in international competitions moylan's brewing company 
is not just a pretty face in craft beer. Just ask Brendan Moylan. What do we got here? The beer of the hour. Moylan's, gotta love that big M. It's like a sign of awesomeness. It's got an extra kick to it. Let's pour this bad boy. Oh, Easy oh yeah. Oh, Moylan's. The end of the night when the kids are finally in bed, the wife's in bed, <laughs> nobody's bothering your ass anymore. That's Moylan's time. Moylan's is for you. Yeah. It's to help you out. Yeah. It helps me out. What? Well, because it's freaking awesome. Northern California brood. It's brewed with love. With love? Oh, yeah. Tremendous. And it's always best where? Moylan's. got to try it on tap at Moylan's. In Novato. They're friggin' awesome. Not only because I own the brewery, because I love the beer. Cheers! Boom! Kilt Lifter Scotch Ale takes big beers to a whole new level with rich malt balanced perfectly with delicate hops and now comes in four-pack tall boy cans so you can take the party on the go. Or come to the brewery, take a tour, and try any of Moylan's fresh creations right from the source. Check them out at Moylan's.com. Army, have you heard the latest at HopTech? Since HopTech has doubled in size after a huge expansion, Jade and Roberto can stock even more of the best quality homebrewing supplies and equipment. Over 60 kick-ass varieties of hops and malts, monster truckloads of quality brewer's yeast, including white labs, rye yeast, and multiple dry yeasts. They even have all grain systems from Grainfathers and Ruby Street Brew Systems, thanks to Jade, the brand new all-grain brewer. And don't forget about their 10% discount to all BN Army members. Jade and Roberto are waiting for you and all of your brewing questions over at HopTech.com. HopTech, totally not sucking since 1983. Hey guys, what'll it be? I'm not sure. What do you recommend? A lot of people seem to like the Hefeweizen. Is that a German Hefeweizen or more of an American-style wheat beer? I'm not sure, but I can give you a taste. Okay, great. Great. The Cicerone Certification Program certifies and educates beer professionals in order to elevate the beer experience for consumers. Unfortunately, not every bar is staffed with certified beer servers who can guide their customers through a beer list. Here you go, guys. Let me know what you think of the Hefeweizen. Yeah, that's definitely more of an American meat. But I can hardly tell because this beer just smells like sour butter. I wonder how long it's been since they cleaned the draft line. Yeah, and look at the bubbles on the side of the glass. It's filthy. Somebody should tell these guys about the Cicerone program. For sure. How about we head somewhere else for another beer? Your server should give beer the same respect you do. Request quality. The Cicerone certification program offers four levels of beer certification, in-person classes, and course books for beer professionals. Check them out at Cicerone.org. The Cicerone Certification Program. We know beer. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. This is Jamel Zanishev, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin 
a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. Brewcasters are back. It is a 401 beer. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, welcome back to the show. Whatever. Thank oh you God. to Gowan's Heirloom Ciders for hanging out with us, bringing us such great liquid in our oh, glass. Yeah. yeah. That was fun. Sharon's cool. Yeah, for sure, man. I feel I get the impression that she she's used to putting up with bullshit, <laughs> and so she kind of hung out pretty <laughs> yeah. easily. With yeah. us, you know what I mean? She did roll with it pretty yeah. well. She had a sense of humor, yeah, which is also all, always nice to to interact with. Decades oh. of farm bullshit. I know, right? Can you yeah. imagine just farm shut mean? up and plow the field or whatever? I don't know what happens. Uh, well, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah, farm humor. So, how did farm you end humor? up waking farm. up in a yeah. in an orchard? Thanks, Ben. Did you just pass out there, or is there more to it? Were you, it were you the, alone, and did you have pants on when you woke up? There's a lot of questions, man. <laughs> Didn't start out alone. Oh. Ended up alone. I, I ended up with pants on still, but it was like, yeah, wake up and you know, there's a lot of trees and no friends and shit. <laughs> a lot of trees and no friends. Did, you, were you, did you go to sleep in an orchard, or did you just wake up in an orchard? Right. I woke up in the orchard. It was not just like, oh, let's go sleep in the orchard. It Where did you go to sleep? like that. It was like, oh, hey, we can just go drink here and nobody will bother us too much. And, okay. And then more people joined, and then less people joined, and then the next thing I know, it's like, it's like <laughs> you're yeah. Ne- next I thing, didn't have handlers. Next thing you know, no one is around. Other people join, other people well, join, and then suddenly I was yeah. alone. The well, sun's up, no one's around. You wake up and you wake up scared, and then you look around, there's just trees and no friends, and you start wandering around, and you find friends passed out here and there near other trees. <laughs> did, it, did it look like a bomb went off on, uh, amongst God, your it, friends? It, it, it looked like alien gas had come through and just took out everybody. <laughs> Wow. Sorry about that. Um, and yeah. Okay. It was... Uh, I haven't talked about that one in a while. Um, and we all woke up with all our limbs. Okay. Yeah. Maybe well, a little coyote shit in your chest, but uh, yeah. no, no works for the wear. If you're missing a limb, you, there's you, plenty you, of trees when around. When you wake up in a... Like, okay, a really fucking strange place. Like, I did not expect, like, waking up next to a park. Right. <laughs> that is strange. And you're just... It, it, that holy fuck. Yeah. Moment. I don't know where I'm at half the time when I wake up in a bed. Oh, I wake up sometimes in a, like, we're partying and we're just someplace where we're supposed to be, but in a hotel room and I wake up and then I freak for like a half a second. Right. Where the fuck am I? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to well, lie. You don't, that, do, that, that you don't do that when you're waking up and you're scratching bark on your face <laughs> and stuff. And like, so it was more than a sec, half a second? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Half a day. <laughs> well, there was a few minutes. I was like, okay, okay, my head hurts. My head hurts. Wake up, wake up, look around. Yeah, there's fucking trees, man. Uh, Dude, there wasn't even a car nearby. There's no cars. <laughs> nothing, man. Trees don't drive, Warren. No need for cars. Did the farmers know you guys were there? Were you no, ever found? No, no. I, woke I, I up before know. that. Does, <laughs> ever seen anybody in an orchard? No. Nobody <laughs> got plowed no under. Goes yeah. in an orchard. Nobody right. goes into the orchard. That's a good point. Okay. Um, 
Let's, let's do Adam and Eve real quick. All right. Oh, right now? Yeah, okay. <laughs> some oats. Both of them? Um, Adam and Eve's determined to help you spice things up in the bedroom, and they're uh, backing up that promise. So check this out. You can go to adamandeve.com right now, and you'll get 50% off just uh, just about any item when you enter offer code BNARMY at checkout. Uh, and that's not, that's a good deal in and of itself, but uh, backed by popular demand and for a limited time only, you'll also get a free Big O kit. And who doesn't love the Big O? Uh, Adam and Eve's Big O kit includes... Includes exclusive Climax gel, a mini vibrator. Uh, so now you've got a new way to uh, do the things you do. And uh, who wouldn't love that? So get over to uh, AdamEve.com. Plus, you're going to get your entire order shipped to you for free. Uh, AdamEve.com. Use coupon code BNARMY, B-N-A-R-M-Y. And uh, you can find cool stuff over there, just like the boys from our feedback did today. That's right. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, a pretty cool side, actually. Maybe they should sell a dildo tap. Uh, where there's no assembly required. That's that's a good idea. Oh, yeah. yeah, put that on the production line. <laughs> All right, so we got some more beer to try in front of us. Are we doing it in the order it has been placed? Is that what you guys decided, JP? You wanted your beer to go last. Yeah, I think mine should go last because okay. of the uh, uh, smoke. Okay, because of that. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, what are we starting with? Beardy's Kolsch. Kolsch. Yes. Yeah. So this is a Loma Brewing Company Kolsch. Yeah, Kolsch. they call it Warren Peace. Uh, which you hate that name, don't you? But I, I really do. like it. Yeah, and I hate uh, beer puns or any kind of pun. But that one, I like it. Yeah, yeah. I I don't like it partially for the fact that I'm sure everybody sitting at the bar thinks that I named it after myself. I see. So <laughs> it is very um, and yeah, something you not do. something well, I would do. Most of the people in the bar don't know that. Your name's Warren. Well, the bartenders tell them. Yeah. Right. And it's ma- named after our brewer. Oh, yeah. Warren Peace. The parentheses. He didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And also, when people order it, I think people are saying my name. And so I'm always looking around, uh, thinking someone's trying to get my attention. Why? Also. Who calls you Warren? I think they call the beer Warren. <laughs> I have a Warren. And the, the people at my other like, work huh? call me Warren. Why? It's weird when they call me Beardy. Sometimes they do, and it doesn't feel right. I see. Yeah. Oh, it's weird. Plus, how annoying are you to them? Like, they come up with this great name. They totally want it. And I know that you bitched like a little bitch the whole time <laughs> about how you didn't like the name. And yeah, bitch. They were, they were oh. probably super annoyed with you. I, I maybe said it twice and oh, then okay. stopped. And then let it be. Yeah. Who put the war? Do you, do you not name the beers? Uh, I'm responsible for most of the names. There's okay. probably been about four or five that have come from elsewhere. Okay. Um, and I think we're up to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the only one that we keep on the menu. What's, what's your favorite name that you've come up with? Oh, geez. Beardy. Uh, probably, well, one that has yet to been applied to a beer. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only... So Gary Laser Eyes is one of my favorites that's on my idea board. His favorite um, is the one that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. But <laughs> Middle middle Out, which is the Vienna Lager, is probably my favorite that's been released. Okay. It's a Silicon Valley reference. Got it. Because okay. Vienna Malt is Wiener. Yeah. It's a dick joke. Yeah, yeah real creative. It's <laughs> a dick joke. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so so this is the Kolsch. This is your, the latest edition of your Kolsch. Yes. What have you changed? Uh, so... I've been messing with it over the last now about year, trying to get um, the recipe where I want it. And yeah. essentially, I think this is actually pretty close. Okay. Uh, like, the closest it's been by far. And depending on how it ages, it might be the final version. How old is it now? Fresh out of the tank or what? Yeah, right now, it got transferred last week. Okay. So it just finally 
the last little bit of haze fell out of it, and so it's it's not on tap yet. We have a couple more kegs left of the previous batch to go through. Yeah, um, but it's less than a week old right now. You know, you'd probably sell more if you didn't let it clear. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But then yeah. I'd have a whole other crowd that I don't want in my bar, so <laughs> right. they can go somewhere else. What do you think, Doc? Really? Yeah. Why you didn't you didn't uh, try, I'm try it? Yet? To warm it up. Okay. Um, so you don't like uh, it? No. <laughs> you don't like it at all? No. What don't you like about it? I, he, <laughs> no. He's given me every iteration mm-hmm. all the way up, and I, I like the one before this better. Okay. And the one before that was close, but yeah. And warmer. One. What do you not like about it? Uh, the, the ending. The bitterness? Yeah, the, the happy ending. It wasn't end. happy. <laughs> I was I was thinking the it's, same it's thing. Actually, bitter. it's too bitter it's too at bitter. the end. Yeah. Well, yeah. So asterisk. That's where you're saying that you're hoping exactly. it ages a little. Better. Well, right. There's yeah. the and and, and, the, and the the last thing that I would tweak because what's been what I've been tweaking mainly over the course of the year is the fermentation temperature okay. because uh, White Labs, which this is O two nine from White Labs. Uh, recommends, I believe their window is 69 to 65 degrees. Sex number. Yeah, right. That's the sex Um, number. And I've been always, I've always heard horror stories uh, from a production side of Kolsch brewers worried about sulfur production and it just makes too much that it won't clean up and you end up with a sulfur bomb. And so I started on what I was thinking was warm at like 63 degrees doing primary fermentation, which is two degrees below White Labs. Mm -hmm. And so I've been stepping it down gradually. And this was actually primary fermented at 58. Okay. And I knock out two degrees lower. So knock out at 68, wow. pitch. And I actually pitch um, the equivalent of a 40-barrel batch into 10 barrels. Okay. And I'm just trying to cut back the yeast character because it's just too estery and too strong of a yeast character. Hmm. And so this is what that yeast doing a 40-barrel pitch into 10 barrels wow. at at knockout 56, primary at 58. And and this is the the most balanced the yeast character with all the other ingredients has been to date and so now i agree that the bitterness needs to be toned down just a smidge mm-hmm. on the next batch and then i think it's perfect i mm. still like the beer by the way i don't mind the bitterness myself uh, i just don't i just think it's a little out of style yeah and and, and and so the bitterness hasn't changed in the entire year that we've been I doing see. it so before it's perceived exactly it's the yeah. perceived bitterness before the, the the amount of yeast character and everything was hiding that okay and so now that you take that away or reduce it yeah. it becomes way more prominent okay yeah. so you're, you're kind of just constantly balancing the other variables yeah you mean people that walk in here thinking it's a bathroom there's a goddamn window and an employees only sign on the door. <laughs> right. I know the window thing. The window should give it away. People, yeah, people here at the Hop Grenade. We have a big. If you've never been in the Hop Grenade, we have a big window into the studio right in the bar. And yeah, people walk in all the time thinking it's a bathroom, which would make sense if, if the there wasn't... wasn't a giant window, <laughs> yeah. a red on air sign, and an employees only sign oh, on and, the. Uh, and the bathroom's on the total opposite end. Yeah, yeah. I like the beer too. I, I do think that the malt is. There's like it's too complex of a malt flavor hmm. for this style, in my personal opinion. Okay. I think it's a little too, um, but yeah, compl- uh, heavy, sweet, maybe, um, and maybe it's maybe it's that lower temperature. Yeah, it could be that, but I don't know. But we're, it's coming a, through. It's already yeah. a good beer. Period. There's yeah, like, there's no right. Off-flight. We're just, no, no. It's an eight out of ten. We're tearing sure. apart his cold. Yeah. Which and I love doing. Part, the one I had before this was better. 
Okay. And if I hadn't had that, it might be different, but yeah. And he might be right that it, in in four yeah. weeks, maybe it'll be back right, to better? exactly. I was trying to warm it up so I could get more come, coming out of it. And what I got well, out of it is what, what JP said, is that yeah. the malt comes through like unlogger like that, hmm. that makes sense? Mm-hmm. And How dare you! Almost, uh, almost like, um, almost, almost like a golden strong. Not, not in that way that you think that it's a, a golden strong, but it's that that kind of like over, not overpowering, um, like, layering a lot of malt, malt flavor. Middle. Yeah, it's it's very like dense malt flavor yeah. wise, so the, which is different than last time. Yeah. Well, and, and so, and at the end you get the, you get the the bitterness, which is the first thing I got, and then it just it actually sucks. <laughs> It doesn't let's, suck. Let's be honest. The more I think about it, the more I don't like it. Right. Yeah. It, it doesn't suck, but yeah. It's a, I, I liked it better before. It doesn't okay. blow either. Okay. Don't quote me on it, but I'm pretty sure that the malt bill is essentially uh, 80% vitamin pills. No, it's more than that. I'm pretty sure that the malt bill is 80% vitamin pills. <laughs> I, I, yes, I didn't finish. <laughs> yeah. it, I'm, it's I'm 2017. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's eight... <laughs> Eight sacks of Ironman pills, one sack Vienna, one sack white wheat for 10 barrels. Oh, that's racist. Um, <laughs> well, the Germans put it on there. It wasn't me. Right. Um, and so it's pretty simple, but I, I definitely understand that reducing the yeast character makes all of that come right to the forefront, whereas mm-hmm. the, the warmer temperature, the yeast character, to me, kind of covered that up. Yeah, you get some of those esters to maybe brighten. And take over from that malt from that malt layer. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to like speak abs- like you know, about an abstract thing, but but in in definite terms, and it's hard. But uh, if that if that makes any sense, well, yeah. kind of like a brighter ester kind of it, pushing over that. It, and, and that's what I've I've always kind it's of a cool in, in my reading have understood that Kolsch is way more lager like than ale like mm-hmm. in cologne than here in the u.s is that why you were trying to just so, slam the temp down that's why i was trying to get more yeah. like and, and we actually get yeah. a surprising amount of germans coming through the brew pub mm-hmm. and whenever I, I run into one of them i ask i give them a sample of coal and be like tell me how this compares to what you would get in cologne mm-hmm. and, and they say we well, leave the, the course, fuck alone i'm just trying to have a beer yeah. here yeah where's I don't, the, I don't where's the bathroom yeah. i got these tanks for the bathroom fucking english <laughs> and the theme is that it's too estuary Hmm. Yeah, it's that. And, and so it, to get it more lagered. And this beer is lagered in the traditional sense. It, it actually takes six weeks from brew date to get to the glass, and it's lagered at 29 degrees for so, almost three weeks. So what are you going to – so it, 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 if, if lowering the temperature um, is kind of bringing out more of this malt character, are you going to leave that? Are you okay with it? Um, or are you going to maybe take down some of that – some of the body malt, maybe some of the wheat? I don't know. Um, no, not the wheat. The Vienna me, maybe? What Maybe I mean my the first thing I'm going to do for the next batch would be reduce the bitterness a little bit. Yeah, the yeah. malt to me didn't jump out as that much of a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, at least currently, we'll see if they take some of the bitterness and hop character away because it, it only gets a 60 minute hop addition and that's it. Okay, so if that reduces a bit of the the yeah. the Hallertau flavor, that might make the malt even more of an issue. And I might mess with it then. But. An issue is how it's pronounced. Oh, okay. yeah. Issue. All right. Let, we're going to be here till fucking Friday. Well, we yeah. got three more beers to Let's get Let's take through. another break. And when we come back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, next no. beer is uh, our Oktoberfest. Okay. So it just came out uh, on the 16th, first day of Oktoberfest. She's 16. Um, it's the second one I've ever done. <clears throat> okay. And, Tastes uh, like it. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, uh, shit. I basically made... My goal was to make an Imperial Hellas, essentially. Okay. Because I've heard that's what all those Germans over there are making Fest beer to be instead of a Meriton. Like some Oompa? Yeah. That's, is that's, that true? I don't know I if think that's, that's true. about. It's a, I think it's a slight... I don't know if Imperial is... It's a slightly stronger Hellas. That's what I meant, like about yeah. a percent higher alcohol content yeah. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. They have that. We have IPAs. Yeah. Yeah. So. They sound better. So I, <laughs> I absolutely love this beer. I think oh, yeah. it's a beer. I think it's a really fantastic beer. Oh, awesome. I'm trying to remember, my palate trying to remember if it tastes, you know, like a Oktoberfest that I had at Oktoberfest. Okay. And I don't think it does. Oh. But I wonder if that's honestly because it's better. Um, it's a, I think it's a well, little sweeter um, okay. than, than I remember having. Uh, what is the alcohol on that percentage? Uh, the level? alcohol is 5.4, and it finished okay. at about 10, 12. And so I would like it to get drier, mm-hmm. and that's something yeah. I've also been experimenting, experimenting with, especially on the lagers, is how to get it drier. And I found that with step mashing, I've gotten the biggest drop in attenuation, hmm. or I guess increase in attenuation, yeah. and I got about 10% in it. Increase in attenuation by doing a step mash versus single hmm. infusion. Interesting. And they'll uh, drink more. And so, this, yeah, exactly. And so, yeah. I the first Oktoberfest I did was before I was doing that, and so this one was kind of a guess in terms of knowing that I was going to get it to be a little drier, but not knowing how dry. Yeah. And so, well, it's it unfortunate a little bit because it's actually the sweetness that I really like. It's oh. a really nice sweetness. There's just something about it that I, that is what I really like about it. Um, but in order to get more of that, those like European malt flavor, it, I think it has to be drier. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If yeah. you're going for Oktoberfest. Yeah. Right. But you know how many people like, don't think of that color as Oktoberfest? They right. think of this color. The, Dude, lately, yeah. like the, the Sierra Nevada Oktoberfest... Um, John, that they've been doing the past few years have been light in color like this, and every time I pour yes. it in a glass, it throws me off. Because yeah. you're right, dog. I think of Oktoberfest as, as like an amber ale. Yeah, yeah. but it's not I love that at Oktoberfest. It. No, it, yeah. and it, and it's not even stylistically. But I think that's what we have been presented with yeah. in craft for the last ten years. Yeah, um, you know, especially you know when we were coming up in the late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah, when you did get a lot of loggers, <laughs> period, and so yeah. you would get, oh, it's Martin Oktoberfest, right? Yeah, kind of same yeah. thing, and that's what we. Get this copper colored beer, yeah. Were not this really cool yellow beer that everybody wants to drink a shit ton of. Yeah, it looks like a Hellas. Yeah, yeah. so it should look well, like marigold. Or whatever. I, I'd be really Uber curious to taste it. I guess again when you when you dry it out. But part uh-huh. of me, I feel like I'm, I'm going to be. Disapp- I almost just want you to brew this and not call it an Oktoberfest because <laughs> I really, really like it. Yeah, it's a great beer. Um, yeah, but I mean, I'm okay with it. I'm curious to try it dried out too, then and see what happens. You know? Exactly. That's what I just want to see what it's yeah. going to be like if I get, can get it drier. Um, I'm totally happy with this beer. Yeah. Well, Name this one after Justin. There we go. Like, <laughs> dead. <laughs> Dying. Just in case. Uh, Death Toberfest. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Just when you brew it, just open up the tank just and just dead. dump it into the drain because just that's old. where he's going anyway. Right. Yeah. Never serve it. Never sell it. Just yeah. the costly down, memorial. Down the drain. Yeah. All right. What's the yeah. next one? Uh, the next one is uh, my Vienna Lager, Middle Out. Okay. Um, Gayest name ever. Yeah. Well, I got the idea when I, went to, when I was brewing a beer at Sierra Nevada and we uh, made a Vienna Lager. Mm-hmm. And I thought, hey, this is actually a decent style of beer, so... I figured I'd make one. Okay. Oh, you're welcome for that. Better than that one. (laughs) 
All right. I didn't say that. Um, this is way more uh, traditionally German than the one we made at Sierra Nevada. Um, yeah. It's just uh, the typical noble hops. Um, I feel like this is very bitter as well. Dry. Definitely dry. And tanniny. Mm. I feel it's very bitter as well. I I think I get that I get that bitterness for a second yeah. on my palate. Yeah. Goes away almost instantly. Really? And then I'm more with Doc on like a either tanniny or something. Like it's still there. There's, for there's me, something man. sharp there. It's like yeah. uh, uh, but I thought the Coles was a lot more bitter than this one. Really? Um wow. it, yeah. It it is technically. Yeah. Um Perceived <laughs> to me, I think yeah. you guys are trying to tell me what I think is wrong, and that's not cool. No, you can think. Well, it. we can never tell you yeah. what you think <laughs> yeah. is wrong. That's I just know. not a thing. That's and, true. And this is one that I've been kind of messing with to balance kind of, kind of what you guys are saying is the handful of craft two that I throw in here hmm. adds yeah. kind of a, a bitter dry grain character to balance with the bitterness from the hops, mm-hmm. and so. As I've been doing the the dryness testing, the dryness has affected the bitterness, the perceived bitterness, a lot in this beer. And I've had batches that, even though just in the the gravity drop that I've been seeing, have made the beer way out of balance, at least for me, Mm -hmm. stylistically, to where it's like, whoa. And I've had to make like 15% corrections in the hop bittering on the next batch to even get it back into kind of where it's somewhat balanced hmm. and, and as it's been drying out the the grain astringency has kind of for lack of a better word becoming more apparent too and so that's an interesting thing hmm. that i'm trying to balance with the hot bitterness too so what you're saying yeah. is you have no idea what you're doing <laughs> exactly but people At keep buying it in time so Let's right it's a fuckload of shit <laughs> right just everything well, no. Uh, I mean, one batch I'm changing. The, I'm trying to get the attenuation, not changing anything else. But then that affects the beer so drastically. I mean, drastic in my terms, not necessarily. Yeah, no, we get beer it. Consumer um, is is a fifteen percent change in a re- in a commercial recipe considered a wide swing, or is it kind of within the respectable norms of hey, nobody out front is really going to notice, but it's more for for just to scratch an itch that I have. Well, essentially, the I being you in this right, yes. communication. Okay. I, yeah. I get what you're thinking over there. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> the the 15% <laughs> essentially made a almost a five IBU drop, which is the theoretical yeah. threshold the for what people yeah. could taste. Right. And so I was making that jump right there yeah. to just try to get it perceivably less bitter. Okay. To balance well, with the. the so you're not going to answer my question. Why are you throwing the carafe in there? Do you have somebody with smaller hands? You need small, less carafa. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Brogan could throw it in. She has smaller hands. Okay, what's the What's the carafa for? Is that color? basically to add the color? Yeah. Color, it, it's, but it's also got tannins. Yeah, it's got that astringency. It's, hmm. it's the dehusked version. So I was trying to. Cut it's not. That. It's, it's not like burnt bitter. Yeah, but, but it's still got that. Yeah, it's like yeah, you licking toast. I use pale chocolate. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Too. I, I am gonna. I said that's the thing. Tasting this batch with the reduced bitterness. I am going to try to fig- figure out a way to get... I like the color, and I think yeah, it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. And so I need to figure out how to get that color without having the the astringency. I used pale chocolate in mine. I haven't... It's still... It's lagering right now. But I'll bring it in. I'm curious to taste it as yeah. well. Because, I, I mean, the first time uh, we did at Eagle Rock, we used Carafa 3, uh, and the color was rad. I didn't get to taste any of it. But 
Uh, this one, I was like, fuck, I only had Carafa 2 access to Carafa 2. So I was like, well, I don't want the kind of thing that you're describing right now. Mm-hmm. So I just I decided to go with pale chocolate to try to get the, to, to get the color. And if there is any grain kind of flavor transfer, I really enjoy pale chocolate. And so I, I thought I can get away with yeah. it. So we'll see. And one thing I, I've thought about messing with is adding the Carafa into the mash or into the louder mm-hmm. instead yeah, because theoretically you get the color contribution. Yeah, color I think you need to, to add a little more. I think you need to overcompensate for percentage a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I've done it once or twice. Doc is either seizing or telling me no, no, but no without no, words. No, no. all right. That's what I what I taste in there. It's just this. Is he, is no, you, I don't when you're saying no, you don't want, want to it. use more is what you're saying. I don't want to no know. But I think no. I think you're like five minutes ago because we're talking about adding to the sparge where I there's going to be no flavor transfer. But there's going to be no flavor transfer, so... Fine, try it. I, what I just... Okay, I can't. I, I've, I've done it a couple of times, and in my experience, like I said, I think you need to add a little more if you want to equal the color of being into the mash. Yeah, I think his color is going to be fine with all the all his base grains and everything else. It's going to be good. You hear that, Warren? Mm-hmm. You're going to be fine. Not according to the BJCP. <laughs> okay, yeah, and you Too hear of those? No. Okay, then... Yeah, yeah. It's actually a really good beer. Well, thank you. Actually, I, I think it it's doesn't. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't taste I'll, like a Vienna lager. Or, or, oh, yeah? or, no. or it doesn't taste like any Vienna lager I've ever had. Right. Okay. Which, which is a distinction. I, I really think those are two different things. So I, I, it's probably the style. What do, what do I know? It doesn't taste like any commercial no. example of Vienna lager I've ever had. Um, because of, which doesn't I mean that. that it's. Not a good Vienna lager, then. It's just very different than other ones I've had. Because of the the roasted grain flavor? Well, actually, I I don't get that. It's very often more of a a caramel toffee roasted grain flavor than you're having here. It's just that yours, like Doc is describing, is a little more chalky astringent. And minerally. Um, It's actually minerally. I just got on the last one and I warmed up a little bit. Um, And you're trying to wrangle in the Germans now, I can tell. So, um, All of them. All of them. Both of them. I need to get them all in one place. Put them in the can. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, the last part, it's warmed up some. I I just get more the minerally part where it's sharp. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. astringent's a good one. Yeah. I'm reading both of those as bitterness to me. Okay. Okay. But not hot yeah. bitterness. Or I never said hot bitterness. I just no, said no, no, to no, me no, this no, is no. more this okay. is more bitter. Oh, okay. It is a there's a bitter thing that overrides sharpness. everything. It's a sharpness in the middle and it carries through and it's just um it's a good beer. I would drink yeah. the uh, Oktoberfest five to one over this one. I agree hundred okay. percent. And then pass out and wake up in an orchard probably. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good time. Bark. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, stains. All good beers, Beardy. You're doing good work. Mm-hmm. Bring That's them true. in Thank on you. the next batches, if you would, please. Yeah. And we'll uh, all good beers. rip you apart again. Right. You can tell me what I need to do better next time. No. Yeah. Well, we'll see if you do better next time. <laughs> a very good point of contention. Bring, bring them in better next time. <laughs> you know what? So the you delivery know. was also a problem. <laughs> yeah. The, well, I felt like your delivery was a little off. Okay. Um, it, was, it was poor, and, and the caps were way too tight. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you know, <laughs> I've never like, heard that a as midget a knock didn't, on anything. didn't walk them into the front yeah. drawer. And your cooler bag is ugly. Well, well, that's this, true. This time was an improvement because before there was no cooler bag with ice packs, okay. so it was warm 
flat beer that I was bringing in. Right. Oh, and we, so this is a step up. Okay, I got you. Well, at least you got some parameters. things to work on. Right, yeah. Delivery and beer. <laughs> I'm taking notes. Okay. All right. Well, now we've got uh, a homebrew from Jason yeah, Petro. Yeah. Homebrewer home Jason Petro. Are you Petro. ready now? Get this commercial beer out of um, my face. You thought my beer was so, bad. Um, in our glass. You got us all warmed up. Oh, a little, a little cloudy, JP. Uh, yeah, it's a little uh, cloudy. It looks like homebrew. What are you going to do? This is my Grodzitski, uh, that, that smoked Polish uh, lager. No, it's a lager. It's not a lager. It's an ale. Mm. Smoked Polish beer. It's like 3.2% ABV. 100% oak smoke wheat malt. I used uh, Hercules hops in this one instead of the Tetanang that I used last time. Do you I, like this style quite a bit? I really do. I think yeah. it's great. I mean, it's, you know, sub three and a half. Um, I really like smoked beers, and I just I kind of wanted to get that. Hercules is a German hop. It's kind of new school, old school thing where it has those noble characteristics, but it's kind of has a new school kind of melony thing going on, okay. which I thought would work pretty well with the smoke. Um, you know, it's very very light. I mean, there's it is very light. There's three. There's point three ounces in this entire bag because I did it on the Zymatic, so it's mm-hmm. two and a half gallons. But it's there's almost no hops in it. Okay. Well, I, I know nothing about this style, so I cannot comment in that regard. Um, for a smoked beer, for me, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, it's which not bad. I'll usually just spit that out. Um, <laughs> the, but the, I think the smokiness is really nice. I think um, it's it's cool little because tobacco, it's... tobacco, little... Um, um, it's not peat, right? No, it's oak. oak. It's yeah. oak, you said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which I think is, is has cool. has like more depth to it. Yeah, and it's 100% oak, German oak smoke wheat malt. Yeah. Okay. That's all it is. Three pounds. In a, in a two and a half gallon batch, it's three pounds of, of malt. Got it. That's it. And I think it's cool because you, you think, oh, it's 100% smoked malt. It's going to be this smoky yeah. bomb. And it's just, it's there, but it's it's a very uh, intense flavor. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the light body of the beer... And the bitterness of the hops actually could be a little bit bitter, or more bitter. It's traditionally kind of a bitter beer. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, could be a little more, but I think that kind of helps to just kind of, it's a light smoke, and it's, I don't know, I, I find it really pleasant. I really enjoy it. Do you drink do, it by the pint, or like little glasses? No, no, I drink it, I drink a, yeah. like a like a nonic English pint glass. Yeah. I don't know that I could handle the smoke shit. by the pint, but I like it like this. You're, you're, it is a very light-bodied beer, like yeah. you're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. it is, I do uh, a, a step mash. Okay. I'll do one at 102, and I, ma- uh, I mash it there for 20 minutes, and I mash at 152 for half an hour, and then um, 175 to mash out. Okay. Comments, anybody? To me, the, the, the oak smoke definitely carries the beer. Yeah. In both the aroma and the flavor. If, if it was just... Three pounds of wheat malt, it would just be carbonated water yeah, to me. Yeah, I agree that 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 oak is it kind of almost replacing like a like a body malt. Yeah, exactly, the tan, the oak tannins are replacing the body mm-hmm. of the beer, and which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But if you don't like smoked or or wood flavors, this, this is, is not, not the beer for you. <laughs> exactly. No, not at all. Yeah, but I I could get behind a pint of this probably. Mm-hmm. Just one. Well, that sucks. Yeah, I don't like <laughs> tasting wood that much. Right. Yeah. I haven't developed the taste of wood. That's how straight you are. Yeah. <laughs> no homo. I don't even like the taste of wood. 
<laughs> Fellas, is it gay yeah. to drink an oak smoke wheat malt beer? I'm asking, just asking. For a friend. For breakfast, maybe. Um, <clears throat> microphones. What do you think, Doc? Oh. Okay. Um, I was expecting to hate this. <laughs> <laughs> and I was right. Based on the last beers I had. Um, you're right. It's a very light beer. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I was questioning the water in, in Cuba, this is awesome. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, All right. I'm, I'm smelling. I'm expecting like a lot of smoke, a lot of oak, and it really not. I was like, I mean, it's obvious. It's there. Yeah. Well, it's it's not. There. Okay, I'm, ex- I'm I'm picturing a nice, kind of white, clean uh, Cuban hospital. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wow. Well, it, it kind of, it, kind of it's, it smells clean, but still smells like like, uh, yeah. like, like Cigar? cigars. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It reminds me of the wood shop. Lost yeah. in his own mind. <laughs> yes. A yeah. dentist goes on a journey. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but Did it you make Cuban hospital? Yeah. A very clean yeah. Cuban hospital. Clean, well, clean, clean yeah. yet dirty. <laughs> to get out, he has to break his own mind. <laughs> Next but it, time on. But it's, it's, a, it's a very, very clean beer. Could I do a whole pint of it? Maybe. But it, it, it'd be nice as an after dinner, small, like a, maybe a six or eight ouncer. No. Yeah. Okay. It's 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 light and very easy to drink. I yeah. really enjoy the style. I think it's really cool. Well, oh, you like it because your friends hate it and you can keep it around the house. Yeah, I don't have any for. No one comes out and sees it. Oh, yeah. Me. I live way the fuck out in nowhere, well, so. And you, my you, neighbor could drink a whole pint of this and still mow my lawn. <laughs> That's so, what I like about it. Oh, get, yeah. It's got low alcohol. It's, it's, it's the Polish lawnmower here. He mows for hours. Oh, yeah. He's a mower. Anyway, so I don't know. It's it's a beer. I'm I just I it's, it's, brew every now and then. The last time beer. I brought it in, thank you. It was uh, I think Tetninger, and then um, I was going to do Saz, and I'm like, well, let's go. And you can sort of get a little kind of like a white melon kind of thing happening hmm. in the nose, but I don't know. The smoke kind of overpowers it. Was okay, the, okay. So I want to play around with or it a little bit. White Clinica. Was the hops the only thing that you changed? <laughs> yeah, from this batch to last batch. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, of all the things we've said. You know, descriptions anyway. What we should say is, it's a really great fermentation. Uh, just, I think the true. fermentation uh, was awesome. White Labs European Ale. No, there's there's no bad in this. Fermented at sixty four. It's clean. It's clean. There's no bad ickies in this. Yeah. Chat room question for JP. Oh fuck. Yeah. Oh damn. Uh, with your system, with JP's system, does he run into issues with running into over extraction and astringency? I'm assuming that JP splat, fly, sp- I'm drunk. My fly God. sparges. If so, how does he handle those issues with low gravity beer? First of all, never assume what JP does because you're... I felt like I was in the third grade listening to somebody. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bevo just got called on to yeah. read, and she's For the whole class. And then Jane ran to the park. Okay, let me start over. With... Sorry, JP. I didn't mean to step on no, you, there, I but I just was shit. like, "Wow, yeah." Sorry, That's you funny. missed some gems oh, when you were man. gone. Uh, we use nouns and verbs. <laughs> no, we don't. Go ahead, go ahead, JP. Um, I don't sparge. It's the the zymatic. There's no sparge. There's no sparge system. So I don't run in, into any of that shit. When I when I did brew on, you know, when you had to sparge, I did. Uh, I've done both, but I used to fly sparge. Mm, me too. But then 
It was just easier. Yeah. I don't know. I, I liked. I don't know. There's something about like controlling the valves uh, and then looking at the. It was, it was a way to be kind of more active in, yeah. in the brewing, yeah. which I which I kind of enjoyed. You yeah. know, checking the level, making sure whatever, and then checking the thing, and doing all that. Um, Plus, but, my first spar jar was a cool little like pinwheel. That I bought at more beer. Yeah, yeah. remember oh, that yeah. thing with the little <laughs> copper I, helicopter? I sure do. It yeah. was real cool. Yeah, it was. I think from Listerman. Okay, Listerman product. Those things are dope. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so now I don't. I don't run into those. I mean, I never did really run into any of those issues. Or if I did, I didn't know about it. But uh, okay, yeah. All right. So now you prefer zero involvement. Yeah. Now I just brew. I just want to because this is what I enjoy about brewing is tasting and critiquing the recipe and then going to change that. All that fucking crap in the middle sucks. Okay. Oh, yeah. It. When you yeah. mess up in the middle of this, like, oh, did that mess up this beer a little bit? But when you're doing the zymatic, it's just yeah, it's there. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to bust out mine this weekend. I think. So. All right. Nice. You just think you should? Yeah. I've, I've, what are you going to brew? Uh, something easy. Wait, I got a new brewer that wants to like, hey, brew beer with me. So. Uh, I'm okay. no longer going to be the only home brewer on the show. Yeah. You know, I do that once in a while. I uh, think it all the time. <laughs> it's not Rain Man. You're not brewing with Rain Man, are you? Oh, no. Okay. Definitely, uh, definitely, definitely a third hop edition. Definitely. No, it's, it's a girl. Okay. The brew day will never end. Wants to say, hey, brew with me, so... Yeah, fine. We'll make it. <laughs> like, oh, we're brewing. Yeah. We're going to put in the Zymatic. And Come over to brew. This I got six doing. hours to kill. Drop them. That's yeah. really what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. All well, right. well, there you go. We did beer tastings. Great beers, everybody. Thanks, Thanks, Justin. That was enjoyable. Where's your beer? You know, I saw on your, your birthday post that Jay Brooks posted. Oh, your, I didn't look at my birthday post this year. You're a quote-unquote prolific home brewer. <laughs> what? So, this Justin? Wow. This Justin Crossley. It was a picture from like 11 years ago. A but pro- yeah. prolific home brewer drinker. That's in my writer. It's in your writer guy. Yeah. Um, so I'm just curious about how your home brewing is going. Great. It's going great. I looked at my system just the other day. I was outside Prolifically? There it was, sitting on the side of my house, and I checked it out. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not even in the garage anymore. No. no. Uh, my uh, fermenter is. Okay. Yeah, but no. All right. Mm, yeah. <laughs> man, man, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, oh, man. Interesting. It happens. Uh, hey, Drake's Seen Brewing it. Company just put out their War Pigeon Double IPA. Cool label, too, by the way. Um, go check it out. It's uh, They deployed some of the freshest hops in their hop arsenal. Uh, gives you a payload of blast of dank floral citrus. Um, let's see. Did they write here what they use? Does Beardy have a uh, hop arsenal? Uh, Do I need one? It's 8%. Uh, hear that? Double IPA. Here's the hops. Mosaic, Simcoe, Idaho 7, Mandarina, Huel Malone, Chinook. I think it's just melon. No, I like Malone. That sounds like a guy you met at uh, Vinny's last night. Huel Malone. Huel Malone. Uh, <laughs> Damn. Peko? How do you say that one? P-E-K-K-O? I've never heard. I don't know. It's um, almost too many K's for me, though. And Warrior. Almost. So go check it out. You can go to drinkstrakes. dot like com. And uh, yeah, it sounds like it sounds like a rad hop combo, dude. Yeah. Uh, War Pigeon Double IPA. Give it a look. All right. Uh, what do we have? Twitter game. Twitter game. Uh-oh. What Damn. was it? Oh come um, on. <laughs> well, I was wondering in fifty years when uh, Doc's European cut briefs are going to be up for barter. Mm-hmm. At auction, at yeah. Barter Burning Man auction, what yeah. are they going to go for? Okay, what do we get? Well, we got uh, WNY Brews coming in with a vintage, sun ripened, fifty year old bottle of Pliny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 
which I think would be pretty good. Sun ripened. Um, Austin Sun says four bitcoins. <laughs> wow. <laughs> a grieve job in Doc's honor and a beaver. And a beaver. Okay. Yay. Hopefully, I. I'm Not stuffed, maybe. Who knows? I don't know. Might be a living beaver. I was just talking like 80s. I like the four Bitcoin, John. Yeah. Uh, Brian Baumgart says, in 50 years, Doc will probably still be alive and will need those. Yeah, so no barter. <laughs> yeah. So no barter. No barter. Be alive. Okay. I plan on it. I um, think he'll need a more protective version. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, be le- they'll be less white. Than, yeah, well, yeah. just one ball will be on each side, <laughs> hanging down. Oh, next to my ball. Um, John Split Herman says, uh, one of Eli Trickle's old tube socks. Ah. Oh, good old good Eli. Trinkle. 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 Yeah, he said trickle. No. But, uh, oh, apparently, by the way, I got an email from uh, the Upland guys yeah. from last week. And uh, they were coming up with names for their brewing uh, team uh, fantasy football <laughs> and they just put after the show so one of the staff was listening to the show was like we need to call it Eli Trinkle of course <laughs> oh, wow. of did they comment on whether or not Eli Trinkle liked his five <laughs> right. minutes no, they did name. but I will I'll write them back and see I would like a report oh, right. yeah. Yeah. Uh, JBC Brewing says Justin's dead feet in a jar of formaldehyde <laughs> They're, they're dead feet. <laughs> That's a good barter. But so you have but, to wait fifty years for those. Well, what I want to know is: are they are they cut off when he's dead, or are they amputated and because they are dead while Justin is still alive, and then so therefore they are dead feet. Yeah, I feel o- like only be only after the, the the whole action is done will that will be revealed. Because, because I, you know what I mean. I think they need yeah. to be. Hold from you while they died and you are still alive. Otherwise, it's just a part of your body. Right. Get hobbled. I feel like one of it's going to one of two ways. Massive heart attack, so instant. Yeah. Or yes, slowly pieces of me will start dying and falling off. So I don't know which it's going to be. This is is how Justin has started already. (laughs) Come on. I don't want to talk about it. You're foreign. This is how Justin gets his feet back. Because who else is going to have Doc's crusty underwear in 50 years? <laughs> it's going to be Justin Love bartering it. to get his feet back. Nobody yeah. said crusty. I mean, at least they're preserved in formaldehyde. <laughs> right. Nobody <laughs> said crusty. They'll, they'll have technology to revive them again. No one has to say crusty, Doc. You're older. They're not crusty now. <laughs> and last but not least, Andrew Boozer says two castrated goats <laughs> in Chechnya. And they will be bronzed and worshipped on the town square. Chechnya, we can't castrate goats. We have no money for this. And the goats have no testicles. Yes, they're born without balls. Goats are born with no balls. We need them because we need to tell male goat from female goat from far away. Very far away. From Russia. All the way across country. And they all cry the same. (laughs) They all cry the same. <laughs> it's a goat cry. <laughs> I, w- I wish I had a band because I would call my next album and they all cried the same. <laughs> like some weird dark metal. Yeah. That should be Nate's Track band. One. That should be Brain <laughs> Oil's new album next title. Album. And they all cried the same. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That was good. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, my vote obviously is for Justin's dead feet in a jar for Malcolm. I'm good with it. Yeah. yeah. All right. All That's right. our Twitter winner for today. Remember when we used to give Bev two votes? I do. As if we cared. Remember when she voted? <laughs> Remember when oh. she paid attention to the show? No, that one would have gotten both of my votes anyway. Okay. That's right. Um, <laughs> nah, that's one right. vote for each right. dead foot.
<laughs> Ouch. Yeah. That's harsh. All right. That's all we got for you for today. Uh, thanks to our guest once again, uh, Gowan's Heirloom Ciders. Uh, go check them out. Um, at, uh, I guess, well, there's, they have a couple websites. You can GowanOrchards.com or uh, probably GowanHeirloomCider.com. Um, and we're off next week. Oh, off. No show. That's right. It's an off week. I'm busy anyway. Um, but uh, I did want to remind you that we're doing a live sour hour from the Fort Collins, Colorado Hop Grenade. Um, that is happening next week on on Wednesday. I believe it's Wednesday the 4th. Uh, and then we're doing our, our session live uh, from Fort Collins on Monday the 9th. So JP and Doc got a couple weeks off. I'm all over it. Yeah. Oh. I'm doing. You know what? I've got a Dr. Homebrew this week. I'm good. Ah. Uh, Okay. Yeah, I have destiny. I need to get it to 300 light level, so yeah. I'm good with that, too. Okay. Sounds like something. Sweet. Sounds like doing something. Virtually. He's virtually doing something. Later, everybody. Later. Uh, thank you to our show sponsor, More Beer. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. The folks from Gowan's Heirloom Cider came into the studio and on the internet to change things up and talk about their great ciders. Check them out online uh, and in the stores and all over the place because they're really good ciders and uh, I don't have the website. Merge your love of Disneyland with your lack of engaging podcast and go to earsuppodcast.com as JP, Terrence, Bevo, and Terrence talk about all things Disney. Shit. Get on Twitter for some good beer inside and homebrew info. Follow Nate Smith and Nathan Homebrew, Mike McDowell, Tasting Me D, Warren at Another Beardy, and Beverly is at Bevo1. But JP thinks Twitter is dead and you should follow him on Instagram at Major Jip. Today's show is produced by Beverly and your host has been Justin. Be sure to find the Brewing Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Justin's in my sky and